Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming up in the noon hour, 1230, we believe. But I'm just going to say noon hour because, hey, you know, it's the combine. Pretty tight schedule, but every once in a while, something runs late, runs early, whatever. Noon hour. Be ready. 1230, we think. Andrew Barry of the Browns will have his little press conference. Kevin Stefanski's tomorrow. You're going to hear them both right here on 92.3 The Fan. I'm Jeff Phelps. My buddy over there is Andy Baskin. Uh, in, the, in the group asking questions today will be Mary Kay Cabot. She's going to join us first at 11 o'clock. And Mary Kay, all over the coverage of the Browns, free agency coming up. You know, Andy, the, the, the thing of it is that's kind of fun, March 11th So when you can start negotiating in that legal tampering. And if we all remember. Why do they do that? I, why, I don't know. But, have to, but remember what happens with legal tampering. All okay. the contracts are done. They, it's, it's not like you're making a phone call. You're getting announcements. You're hearing like crazy. This guy is signed. It's a four-year deal worth this much. And that's, you know, they haven't actually signed, but they've agreed to. And then by the time the league, it opens, what, two days later on the 13th, well, most of the free agents are already spoken for. So it really gets fired up on on March 11th, and that's not too far away. So get ready. Browns have some major decisions to make. The one thing I'm, I'm so curious about, and Mary Kay wrote a really interesting story, uh, and it's on cleveland.com right now. And the headline is Joe Flacco and Zedarius Smith among Browns who will test the free agent market before returning to Cleveland. Isn't that kind of uh, confusing? They're going to test the free agent market, but they're coming back. No, I'm not. Or, or you? What would you do? Uh, I would definitely, I would definitely see what's out there, and I don't know that I would. You know, if they both liked it here and want to come back, that's great. I understand. But if I were them and if I am their agent and I really wanted to be back in Cleveland, I'd put a little pressure on the Browns right now and say, hey, let's get this done. Zadarius, yes. Flacco, no. Okay. I, 
I, I agree with you. I, okay. I wouldn't sign either one of them right now myself. I would wait and see what's out there because you might end up way overpaying to keep some of your own free agents. However, you're left with some major, major holes on that defensive line that need to be filled. All right, so Mary Kay had said, and again, we're talking to her at 11, I think her last article said that it, she thought that they might be able to reach an agreement with Sony Taki Taki before they ever get to free agency. And that's what her story said. I'm pretty sure that's what I read this morning. And if, if my thought on that is this, well, that's great. I don't consider him a, a vital free agent, although I think he's done a very nice job here and would love to have him back. That's, that's the thing, Andy, with where the Browns are in free agency this year. And I give them credit for that because if you take a look at the list of free agents that the Browns have, anybody jump out at you and make you think, oh, my God, we they're going to lose him? No. Zadarius is the only guy on there. Maybe Corey Bjorkas if they really like him and they think he's a great punter. You can get another but, punter. Yeah, I, but I, I agree with you. I think he's terrific. I'd love to have him yeah, back. Yeah, I would just re-sign Corey, figure sure. that out. That's easy. And then it's – so if there were – Jeff, pick – if you had to do an order of who you were signing among your own free agents, mm-hmm. it's got to be Zadarius. I had Bjorkas there. I'm, the people think I'm crazy because I want to re-sign our punter, but I just think it's a lot easier just to. No, you're not crazy. You need one. You, you're going to have to have someone. You, he was here, and it worked well. Why, and he held for Dustin Hopkins. Yeah, I would like Flacco to be my number three guy. I just don't see it. it like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It, it, if he is going to come back and be the backup quarterback, that's great, and the, the stars will align for that. If I'm Joe, I want to go be a starter somewhere. I don't really want to hold a clipboard. Although any- you do stay healthier when you're holding a clipboard. Is there- <laughs> anybody, folks? And get paid pretty well. Is there is there anybody on the Browns free agent list that you think, oh, my goodness, you can't live without this guy? 216-474-0092. I look... I look at three guys mainly, Andy, and I think if you bring back those three guys, you're in great shape. And they are Zadarius Smith and Mo Hurst and Shelby Harris. Those are the guys. And because that way, in my estimation, you've solidified that defensive line, brought it back. Um, Jordan Elliott, according to Mary Kay, wants to test free agency and was ranked very, very poorly with all the analytics folks. So Jordan might find himself testing free agency and find himself thinking, uh-oh. Those are the three guys I'd want. If Give me three guys. They're all defensive linemen. Smith, Hurst, Harris. Otherwise, I think you're looking at chance. I mean, Anthony Walker, it's the only talky-talky. I mean, you have what, and, and, three? And my thought there is, okay, fine. That's fine. If they get them, they get them. If they don't, they don't, right? They'll, they'll sign somebody else to play linebacker. Again, it's the running back of the defense now. You'll get somebody. Uh, Mike Ford? Especially since you have JOK, yeah. who has shown that he's an impactful player at the linebacker spot. I don't. They seem to like Jordan Kunasik. I don't know that, that like he's well, not they keep, a... They keep bringing Kunasik and, and Ford Kunashik. back for, to play um, special teams. And they do a great job. And they're not going to go get big money out on the free agent market. So I would think you don't even have to go after them. If you lose them, you lose them. You'll find somebody else to play. I I would think, Andy, that they might prioritize Nick Harris, even though they drafted Luke Whippler, and maybe Michael Dunn, 
who has been here a couple of times and does a really nice job filling in as a backup offensive lineman. I, I know people scream about the offensive line and you've got to have guys and you know, you, we don't didn't like Jaron Christian, who's a free agent, by the way, and James Hudson and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Fourth and fifth tackles on teams are not Pro Bowl guys, folks. And so there's going to be a drop-off in talent. If you're, if you're the fifth tackle on the team in your Pro Bowl caliber, you're going to go somewhere else and get paid. Right. So that's whenever folks call the show and scream that our backup linemen aren't, you know, good enough. Well, they're backup linemen for a reason. If teams thought that they were starting caliber linemen, they would get paid like such and be starting for somebody else. So just keep that in mind. So what you have to do is get some talented backup guys. Clearly, most of them aren't the level of, of starting, but can step in and do the job. And that's what you have to do. And, and you don't have to pay those guys but would you the rather, outrageous uh, money you have to pay some of the, the great offensive linemen. You know who you really don't have to pay? Guys you draft. Exactly, except, so, for, except for one thing with those. Right. You're going to hit on those? Because if not, then you didn't bring in free agents who you know can play a little bit, so, and then all of a sudden you have a problem. Would you be better off bringing Jared Christian back or drafting a guy to play left tackle or drafting another offensive lineman? I would think pay-wise, and based on what you believe is the ability, with the exception of the fact that Christian has starts underneath his belt right now, you probably leaning towards the future financially would want to go out and draft one rather than bring him back. You might even be able to bring him back to on a reasonable deal, but exactly. Why not draft one and then find yourself in a position. You're going to turn over part of this roster. It is amazing to me to look that we have no free agents in the starting 11. That, that to me is, is pretty impressive. If you think about it. Now the question is, is do you want to, are, are you going to start Cedric Tillman? On the offense. Are you on the offense? Yeah. Are you going to – what are you doing with Elijah Moore? You're good with that? You're good? We're staying with that? Okay. David Bell, also not a free agent. So, you know, you've got all four of those guys. Also, I still want a wide receiver. Also, no one overly productive. Doesn't mean they can't become that. I don't know. With Flacco, those guys started moving a little bit. They did. Okay. You don't think so? You got a little bit. You got a little bit out of Moore, more than, more than we got in the beginning of the season. I, I don't. Tillman still I, seems to excite a lot of people. I, I must tell you, I'm Amari tired, I'm, jumped off the page. I'm tired of I'm tired of screaming about wide receiver, and people are tired of hearing me say it. So, I. Well, but I, I think the ability is there. It's it's I, I, for some reason I it's got to happen with the quarterback. I, I, I think you've got to go get better talent, but that's okay. Bring a couple of those guys back and go get go bring in more talent. Draft one, sign one. There, that's that. That's what I want at wide receiver. What are you doing with Harrison Bryant then? He's a free agent. I don't care. You just don't care. No, nope. I bet it, they draft a tight end. I would think that's a possibility. I would think they're more apt to sign one in free agency. And I say that because Dane Brugler yesterday, in his top 100 draft board, only four tight ends. And if you want to go get one, okay. You, you saw some really good young tight ends come into the league in, in the last year or so. And you've also, there are some real interesting free agent tight ends. And, and here's the thing, Andy, some of these guys are going to be left holding an empty sack. And they're going to be signing veteran one-year contracts with maybe an option for a second year. And I think the Browns can clean up in that area. You know, there are, there are some really interesting, I think, free agent tight ends who I'd be more than giddy to bring in on this team. 
who I'd rather have than Harrison Bryant. But you're talking about top one, excuse me, top 100 tight ends. I mean, the Browns don't have that many picks in the top 100. Well, I'm not. I, I'd I mean, rather... so you've got two fifth round picks, two sixth round pick, and a seventh round pick. I think you're taking the tight end with one of them. Um, I'd prefer to go get a free agent. You're Personally. paying Njoku. I, I, that's right. why I don't think, I mean, how much more money are you going to invest in the position? You're not going to, that's my point. It's you're, cheaper to draft these You're guys. not going to have to invest a ton of money. Well, well let me, here, Hunter Henry, I think he's a good player. Dalton Schultz, good player. Gerald Everett, good player. Mike Kosicki, like him. Noah Fant, Austin Hooper, Robert Tanyan, who is with Green Bay in Chicago. A little dinged up. Irv Smith, former Alabama guy. There's some guys there at tight end who I think you could go sign, and and somebody's going to be left looking for a gig. Adam Troutman, who played at Dayton. There are guys that I think you could bring in. Bring Farrell Brown back. Harrison Bryant's way down on the on the list of of free agent rankings. Doesn't mean he couldn't be good. I'd be happy to bring him back. I, I actually think he's better than he showed last year because they didn't throw the ball to him a whole lot. They threw it to Njoku instead. Which is okay. That's what you're paying David for. I just think, Andy, there are so many, it's some of the positions of need for the Browns. There are going to be guys sitting there after the first wave of those, you know, the legal tampering. After that all comes and goes, and they're going to be thinking, I didn't get a deal. And the Browns and other teams are going to be able to swoop in and say, hey, two years, club option here for us, second year. You want it? Nope. Okay, good. Then you go and give it to the next guy. You can just keep moving that way. So I'm just curious. I mean, I'm listening to you say what you say. Where are you prioritizing then and saying, okay, I think this is a position where we can get a uh, free agent, and this is where I think we should be draft. Like, what do you think they should be drafting? And I, you're not a broken record if you say wide receiver. I can accept that. I have no problem with that. I, I would love to see them draft a defensive lineman, and I would love to see them draft a wide receiver. In, they have second and third round picks. Okay, I would use as long as as long as you thought there was talent at those two spots. I would develop a young defensive lineman because young defensive linemen, Andy, and you, you just talked about the money. Mm-hmm. Veteran defensive linemen get paid. Right. I would draft one, put him there with Ika, develop him, and then sign another. Bring a couple of guys back and go. And at wide receiver. I would draft one, and I would sign one. And if I had to, I'd maybe think about offensive line. But you drafted Dwan Jones and Luke Whipler last year. You kind of did that last year. So looking ahead, okay, I know everybody screams about Jedrick Wills. You've got three tackles here under contract, as long as Jake Conklin can play, who are really pretty good. Okay? I know people scream about Jedrick Wills. He's still pretty good. And if Dewan beats him out and he becomes your swing tackle, well, then that's the way it goes. And that's the way that works. At guard, we've got two Pro Bowl guys, Teller and Batonio. If you bring back Michael Dunn, great. If you don't, you've got Whipler. You could bring back Nick Harris. You've got Posick at center. You have some depth on that offensive line. You'll add more guys. Maybe it's Michael Dunn coming back. I mean, you have guys. And you'll find another free agent or two or, or draft another guy and develop him. I mean, I, I just think that some of the positions of need are actually already taken care of. I, I don't think tackle is a position of need, offensive tackle. 
I think you've got three of them that are pretty good. And th- but Conklin has to be healthy, and that's a decision that only Conklin and the medical staff can make. I, I, I just I find it interesting that the when I say the Browns have uh, what do they have for picks? They have uh, two in the fifth, two in the sixth, and one in the seventh. And when you look at the makeup of the what the roster was, I mean the you got two third rounders that are starting, and then when you go deeper into the chart, it's it's fourth, fifth, and sixth rounders. That's what makes up the rest of the team. It's not so much free agents. I, I, let me dive into this. Mary Case coming up. Andrew Barry coming up as well. It's Baskin and Phelps right here on The Fan. Combine fun. Underway in Indianapolis. Oh, Andy, that's just fabulous. The NFL gets together for a big group hug right here in late February. Hang on, I'm measuring my hands right now. i got to figure out if I if I can play in the NFL. I'm good. Are I'm you? Out. Oh, I'm out. I think I'm out. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know, Andy. I really don't care. Oh, well, thanks for asking because this is a very, very important question when we go to the yeah, combine. Yeah, it how many what what is it it's the wingspan of your you know the one thing i love about oh, the combine we don't have wings we're humans jeff's well, what, gonna say what position do you play uh, what, what position because it's, it's quarterback, quarterback it's a problem wide receiver turns into a little bit of a trouble as well you know the one thing that cracks me up about the combine? i think he got shot the right, I'm good. more than anything arm length i think plays into that you know a question very rarely seems to come up at the combine uh what are you doing for dinner no is he a good football player that rarely does. That come doesn't up. seem to come up very often. Oh, let's release hey, the Wonderlick scores. That's the, always a fun Can the guy one. play football? No, but by God, he runs a four-two-five forty. So we're putting him out there. How much can you bench press? This is great. That's fabulous. Mary Kay Cabot's there. She's going to join us at eleven o'clock. And of course, Andrew Barry, twelve thirty, expected to speak from the combine, and we'll have that for you right here on Baskin and Phelps. You touched on the Browns' draft picks coming up, Andy. And they have seven picks in this 2024 draft. A second and a third. And then they have trade material. I, I he, Those two-fifths that they have, two-sixths, those are trade material. If you, if you have a guy, they don't have a, a fourth-round pick. There are guys sitting there in the fourth round, okay, you're trading two-fifths and next year's, you know, whatever, and blah, 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 blah. I, I could uh, I could see them being very active trading on draft day. Um, I could too. I I don't have a problem with that. I I just was looking to, at the breakdown of Brown's backups and where they were picked and where they were drafted, and I just kind of I, I threw out the what was listed as I see in front of me as a starting twenty two, and then I went in and I'm like, okay, when the Browns make a pick. The investment turns longer with X, a player drafted in X round. So they have five guys who were drafted in the third round, non-starters. Four in the fourth, four in the fifth, three in the sixth, and one seventh rounder, uh, Dawson Deaton. So I, I was just trying to I, like was I was injured. Like, yeah, I'm so I'm just kind of looking at what we we're saying because uh, you know when we walked away from the conversation about tight end, and I'm like, I think they're going to draft one. I mean, two of their three were drafted by the team. One, a heavy investment in David Njoku as a first-rounder. Harrison Bryant, we'll see what happens to him this season. And then they brought in Jordan Akins 
uh, from Houston, which I thought was a good move uh, for Deshaun Watson. I, I wonder how they'll fill that position. And then you, you I, I don't, I just wonder how they look at it. They're like, hey, because it, it, it's such, uh, it's an enigma on what you're going to get uh, in the draft. So you you really need to bear down and figure out what you want from free agency, right? So you let free agency kind of dictate what you want in the draft or not? How would you look at that? I would think that they're going to fill most of their holes in free agency. And I say that because you don't you only have so many draft choices. You're losing a lot of guys in free agency. And I, Andy, I think they've set it up really well. They they drafted some young guys over the last several years. They've locked those guys up. You have key guys under contract, and now you're using free agency as just a tool to fill some spots. And I think they did that last year, and I think they did it well. The year before, I don't think they did it as well, especially on the defensive line. They, they didn't do it on the defensive line. Last year they did, and I think they really saw the benefit of that. And I, I expect I expect them to bring back some of the guys that, that were here last year. And to me, again, the three guys in free agency, I want Hurst, Harris, and Zedarius Smith back. But if you didn't bring back any of those guys and replace them with comparable guys, or if you think Alex Wright is ready to go, if you think Ika's ready to step in, okay, then that's where you're that's where you're hedging your bets a little bit. That got him in trouble before, but in Jim Schwartz's defense, plays a ton of defensive linemen. I would think you're going to have to bring in some of those guys. And other than that, Andy, I honestly I think they're in a position where they can just fill some spots and not think we have a huge position of need anywhere except on the D line. Yeah, I, how many players away are they from winning in the playoffs? Is this just a matter of Deshaun Watson uh, yes. being your quarterback? Is it really come down to that? Like, yes. how far away are they from being more successful in the playoffs? What positions need to? Where do they need to upgrade? How can they get better? How do you walk into the season with a better roster than where you are now? knowing that you made it to the playoffs last year. I, 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 like, I think these are the questions they need to be asked. I, I don't even think I think those questions have real simple answers. Every answer is Deshaun Watson? It's Deshaun Watson and give him another wide receiver, maybe give him a veteran running back, and fill those holes on the D-line. That's it to me. Honestly, Andy, I think they're good to go. But I do think you need you better fix the D-line because you lost free agents there. And I expect them to do that. They, they saw how valuable that was last year, especially for Jim Schwartz and his scheme. So I expect that to happen. I'll be really disappointed if they don't add a good veteran wide receiver. I think that'll be a major mistake. And I think they can pick up somebody at running back who can help the group. I People don't like Jerome Ford. Jerome's just fine. People don't like Pierre Strong. Pierre's just fine. And I think both of those guys could be really good if given more of an opportunity. And Just, we'll see about Nick Chubb, and you can go get a, you can go spend nothing and get a vet, a veteran running back who has some ability. Just fine at running back is acceptable in trying to win in the National Football the League today. It is. Yeah, I, I wish it wasn't. I agree with you. Philadelphia went out and gave up a late round draft pick to get DeAndre Swift, 
and he came in and was very good for them, and he's a free agent. I mean, these guys, unfortunately for them, I mean, Andy, when, you know, when, when I grew up watching football, I mean, that was the position. And, you know, that and linebacker. Mercury Morris and Larry Zonka. We were talking about the Dolphins earlier. Hody's wearing a Dolphins hat today. That brought up that conversation. You know, look, look at the Steelers. They had Rocky Blyer. They had Franco Harris. I mean, it was the premier spot. OJ. I mean, even what we had. Leroy Kelly. I'll take the Pruitts, you know? Greg and Mike. They were, I, I mean, you. that was the spot. It's not, in, it's not in the NFL anymore. It's a passing game. The rules are designed to help the passing game. And you can go get competent running backs basically out of nowhere. Seriously, you can't. How many do you need, though? Do you need four? No, you need three. And you're only going to play two. Maybe. Some teams play three. I know. We sat with four last If you have a primo running back like Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco, it it changes things. Other than that, Andy, I, I, I hate to say it because I love the position. It's interchangeable. Look at Dano's Green Bay Packers. A.J. Dillon was, they brought him in. Oh, he'll be a great compliment to Aaron Jones. Dano, they're both free agents, are they not? Yep. So Green Bay will just go get somebody else. Uh, hopefully they resign Aaron Jones. I hope they do for them. And if not, then Aaron Jones is available. I mean, there, there are some really good free agent running backs who are out there. And there are going to be guys who end up, I mentioned some of the names yesterday. I am a huge fan of Rashad Penny, even though he's been nothing but an injury bust since he's been in the league. When he was in Seattle and he was healthy, he lit it up. He went to the Eagles last year, barely played after they brought in DeAndre Swift. He looked like he was their big signing. He's going to need a team, and they're going to pay him nothing. Eagles paid him nothing. He's, there are lots of guys out there who can do the job if you give them the football, if they can stay healthy. So I'm not investing anything of substance in running back. I have two that I like, and I'm going to go find some veteran who is standing there waiting for a contract, and I'm going to give it to him, and he's going to be my third guy. And he could end up being my first guy. You never know. I'd be interested to see here who the Browns are taking swings for. You know, you step into the box, you wonder who they're going for in free agency. It's got to be D-lineman, doesn't it? Why and wide receiver, right? Well, I would think. And that's where you're going to hit it. If you're going to hit it out of the park, that's where you're going to do it. And I would think that they go bring in one guy who everybody thinks is, oh, that's a good signing. That's that's helpful. And I think it'll be at one of those two spots. I, do you think they get Sedarius back? And how important is it to get him back? I would think they get him back. If I had to bet money, I would bet he comes back. He also has a track record of playing for other, you know, different teams. Right. I would think he comes back. However, if he doesn't, well, go get another one. I, I hate to say that. I just it, hate it, to think. I hate to go back to two years ago, where um, you know we lost because he's an outside rusher. That doesn't. I mean, we had Clowney there too. So they've they've. They've who, by the way, nice people got, people really soured on. Then he went to Baltimore and was terrific. Right. But they've done a nice job of bringing in free agent, you know, left ends, you know, over the last couple of years. I think they've done an excellent job at that. Hey, Emmanuel Logba's available again. It doesn't surprise me 
It wouldn't surprise me if they made a big name splash again if they didn't get Zadarius Smith. Like that wouldn't surprise me. They they clearly covet that position and they're willing to spend a little bit of money to bring somebody in to be on the opposite side of Miles. And how much did that help out Miles? Like I wonder if you ask Miles having Zadarius Smith on the other side, did that help you become? Was that the difference in becoming the defensive player of the year? Because maybe it took some of the pressure off of you with them having to make a choice and trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do now? You know, they've got Smith on the other side. How can we play this? And what are we going to do against Garrett? And, oh, by the way, they've upgraded, uh, you know, with Shelby Harris and, and Dalvin Tomlinson. Like, I wonder how much that change of the three other guys on the defensive line last year made a difference for him it, to win the award. It, well, it's interesting. When you look at all the free agent rankings, Andy, and here's the one thing that I think we all need to keep in mind when it comes to the Browns players. Though we'd love to have Zedarius Smith back, there are five, six guys who might be ranked higher as edge rushers. And if they don't get him, they can get another one of those guys. And as they showed last year, you can plug and play on that D-line. You did it with Harris and with Hurst and with Zedarius and Dalvin Tomlinson. They all stepped in and they all did the job and it really worked. So if it's, I'm not attaching myself to names. I'm attaching myself to positions because I think they can find guys who are better than the guys they actually lost if they decide to go in that direction and they'll have to spend the money to do that. Do you have that? Or did it work so well with some of these guys you just want to bring them back? Mary Kay Cabot is at the Combine. We're going to get her thoughts on all this and what might be up for the Browns as the free agency period approaches. Coming up on March 11th, legal tampering. Let's go. It's Baskin and Phelps here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Coming up in the noon hour, we believe 1230. 
is when Andrew Barry is going to speak at the NFL Scouting Combine. We will hear the press conference of the Browns football guru. I just you know, there are a lot of words. Let's just let's just say football guru. He's running the thing. He's coming up at twelve thirty. Uh, in the audience, there to listen, asking questions, peppering him like crazy, will be the lady who's on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline right now from the Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. She's Mary Kay Cabot. Hello, Mary Kay. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Mary Kay. We are well. Uh, we have just been chatting about the story that you put out on Cleveland.com. Joe Flacco and Zadaria Smith among Browns will test the free agent market before returning to Cleveland. Do you think they'll return to Cleveland? You know what? There, there is a chance that um, you know that they will, uh, but but both of those guys and then a number of others will go out and test those free agent waters because Joe would like to have a starting job, and um, and you know Zadarius for sure wants to get paid. So, um, so certainly, certainly those guys, um, you know, will see what they can get on the open market, but. Both would like to be back in Cleveland. You know, as I wrote, you know, Joe wants an opportunity to start. He didn't come off the couch to come sit on the bench behind Deshaun Watson. That's not what he wants, ideally. So he will um, become a free agent or at least test that market from the, from the 11th to the, the 13th and see, see what he can get. Um, but, you know, if, if it doesn't go the way that he wants it to go, then he will um, – you know, then he will sign back here. Mary Kay, do you oh, have sorry. the chance to sign back here? Gotcha. Hey, do you think there's a priority list of the Browns' own free agents where they're saying, okay, we, we really want to get this guy to come back, We've, like Zedarius? Let's say we really want to figure out a way to bring Zedarius back. And when you look at all the free, <laughs> their own current free agents, you know, your, your thoughts on what that might be? Well, you know, I, I think they would like to have a number of their current free agents back. There are a lot of guys on the defensive line that certainly they would like to have back. You know, you're going to want Jordan and Mo Hurst and Shelby Harris back if you can get them back, but you're not going to be able to sign every single one of them. So it's really just going to be a matter of uh, those guys going out, seeing what they can get, getting their price set, and then the Browns deciding uh, who they can get back and at, at what cost. So they, you know, they will make an effort to get guys back. But um, they're certainly not going to end up with exactly the same defenders that they had last year. Mary Kay, I think it's interesting, and I think the Browns have done a really good job. Andy and I talked about this earlier. They've built a team where you have a lot of free agents, but I look at that list, and I can't think of one of those guys who, if they lost them, I would be crushed and think they're irreplaceable. Now, the position, sure, you need defensive linemen but you might be able to go get other guys to fill some of these spots. E- easy way to do it, bring back Mo Hurst, bring back Shelby Harris, bring back Zedarius. I'd love to see that. But I also think that they're in a really good spot where they could just fill it with other guys. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, that's accurate. And not only that, it's a pretty darn good year for defensive linemen yeah. uh, who are free agents or guys that you could probably acquire in a trade of some sort. So I think they're in, in good shape in terms of letting these guys go out test the market, see what they can get, and then bringing back who they can, again, at the right cost. Because uh, I think it's a pretty intriguing defensive line free agency market. Can I, can I go back to the quarterback thing for one second? You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Flacco in your article. Obviously, he was one of the focal points. But you also mentioned Mitch Trubisky, who mm-hmm. you said the Browns liked when he came out. 
Ike, do you think Flacco's a priority for the Browns at backup quarterback, or do you think a veteran of some sort who's had some success who they may like is a priority at backup quarterback? I think a veteran is a priority at backup quarterback, and I think they'd be happy to have Joe. I think they'd be happy to have a number of the other guys as well. So certainly, um, you know, I, I think that they probably have a, a wish list or a punch list of quarterbacks that they can go down and say, you know, let's let's look at this guy, this guy, or that guy. And I threw Mitch in there, you know, not because I have necessarily any inside intel at this point, but because it makes sense to me. When you really liked a guy before and you can get him now, um, you know, why not give that a whirl, especially if you know that, that Joe is going to be out there looking for a starting job. Um. America, what are we expecting today? What do you think he's going to say? What do you think Andrew's going to say? You know, he doesn't give up too much at these kinds oh, of things. We'll ha- As you guys know, we'll yeah. have him at the podium, and then we'll get him off to the side, uh, just you know, which is the smaller group of, of main beat writers that are here. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that he's going to be very illuminating on many topics. He's, that's just not how he rolls at these things. Uh, you know, there's, there's competitive advantage that you're trying to gain when you are making these roster decisions. And you certainly don't want everybody to know what you're up to and what your plans are. You summed that up very nicely, Mary Kay. <laughs> <laughs> and very politically that was really, Yeah, that yes. was really good. Uh, that was yeah. really, really well done. Can, yeah. can I ask about his situation and Kevin Stefanski's situation? Do you think there's a, a time frame here for extensions for those two gentlemen? And do you think that will happen? before this season gets going? Yeah, I think it will happen. I just don't know exactly when it'll happen. Um, you know, I thought maybe it would have happened by now, but, you know, it's certainly not something that, you know, they have to get done by tomorrow. So, um, you know, they can take their time a little bit and make sure that they are, um, you know, just getting it right and, and, and doing exactly what they want to do, how they want to do it. And, you know, these guys have been in draft meetings. You know, there's been a lot going on. I mean, this is a, a, the busiest part of the season. So now that they haven't done it yet, I don't know that they'll get it done before free agency starts, basically in earnest on March 11th. Um, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, Mary Kate, when it comes to the combine itself, is it, I don't know, is it, it maybe I look at it in a different light because we don't have a first-round pick, but is the combine still um, what it's supposed to be? Does that make sense? You know what? I mean, it is and it isn't. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves over the next couple of years because a lot of coaches are starting to not show up. And some of the newsiest and most interesting stuff that comes out of the combine, at least in the early days, are these coach interviews that are all going on today. Uh, and these GM interviews that are going on. We've got Kevin tomorrow at one we We've got Andrew today at 1230. So, you know, this year you've got Jim Harbaugh not talking Mike McCarthy not talking, Robert Sawa, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. Um, You know, the list is starting to grow. Mike Tomlin never talks here. Uh, Bill Belichick never talks here. So there's a a sizable chunk of coaches not speaking here. And I wonder how that's going to impact coverage going forward. If you know that your coach and GM are not speaking here and you can catch them somewhere else, maybe you don't make the trip here. Um, And then – uh, you know, when it starts to move around a little bit, you know, if they put it out, you know, in L.A., do, do 
you know, do teams and outlets send their people there? So it'll be very interesting. It's a great spot to hold it here. Um, it's so centrally located for most people. So I, you know, we'll have to see how this goes over the next few years. Mary Kay Campbell joining us from the Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com, and you can read all of her coverage of the Combine all week long. And uh, she's certainly primed the pump with a great, great story that's out today. Ken Dorsey is the offensive coordinator, Mary Kay. I, I think when a head coach calls the plays and the offensive coordinator doesn't, I think it makes it a little more difficult to understand what might change in the offense. What do you think might change in the offense with Ken Dorsey taking over for Alex Van Pelt, though Kevin will continue to call plays at least as far as we know for now? Well, I think one of the things that you'll see is uh, a little bit more of that Bill O'Brien influence, which, of course, we know Bill O'Brien coached Deshaun Watson to some of his best seasons when he was in Houston. So you're bringing uh, some of that Patriot way, some of that uh, some of that drop back game that Bill O'Brien ran with Tom Brady in New England and uh, some of the things that he did with Deshaun in Houston, I think you'll see some of that influence. And I think that's probably uh, the biggest key. You know, he's well-versed in all things spread, RPO, and that drop-back game. So, you know, I I do think that there will be uh, a little bit of a paradigm shift there. All right, what are you most most forward – what are you most looking forward to seeing – while you're at the combine? Um, you know what? Really, just um, I would say probably, uh, you know, defensive linemen and receivers are the two positions that I'm most interested in here. But just in general, I'm most interested in um, kind of what uh, Andrew has to say and what Kevin has to say. And when, you, when you're out and about, what you can find out about what's going to happen with some of the Browns' own free agents and some of the ones that they might be interested in. Those are some of the things that capture my attention the most here. Mary Kay, is there a priority list as far as free agent compared to draft choice at, at two of those spots you're talking about, wide receiver and defensive line? I don't think so. I think, you know, you've got the uh, you've got free agency coming first, and then so that kind of dictates in some cases uh, how, the, how the draft shakes out. But they really try to do those independently of each other. So, um, so yeah, I'm not exactly 100% sure if, you know, let's say you land a receiver in free agency, if that would preclude you from drafting one with the second round pick. I really don't think it would. I think they'll handle the draft as its own entity. Mary Kay, if you were a top pick or you knew you were probably going to be a top pick, would you work out of the combine? I don't know that I would. And we know that, you know, a couple of top guys aren't. No, I, I probably would not. I mean, you know, you risk, uh, you know, you risk hurting yourself, you risk getting hurt, and you risk, you know, hurting your, your stock in some cases. So I probably would not do that. I mean, if you're going to have to do uh, pro days and then all these private workouts, I think it would probably behoove you not to do that here. And that's, that will also determine uh, just how, how the combine goes over the next few years. Mary Kay, last thought for you. Uh, we'll cut you loose to go get in line to talk to Andrew Barry. Tell me about Harrison Bryant and his free agency and if it means something critical for the Browns. Well, I think it means that they're probably going to have to look for another tight end. Um, you think he's leaving? It, probably, um, but you never know. Sometimes you go out, you venture forth, and the market isn't there for you. So I think it will come down to uh, you know, whether or not he can find work 
at the uh, price he's looking for. So, you know, he, he didn't have a whole lot of production last year. And so, you know, the Browns are going to have to determine if they think they can do better by drafting another one or, or signing one or trading for one. So I think, you know, there'll be a little, there could be a little bit of a shakeup in that room. Mary Kay, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. We know it's hectic for you at the Combine. We look forward to all your coverage, and we'll listen for you during the Andrew Berry press conference. Thank you. Thanks, Mary Kay. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Mary Kay Cabot, Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com in Indianapolis. Andrew Berry speaking at 1230. That's the expected time, but give or take, you never know. So uh, be with us as we get ready to hear from Andrew Berry coming up in Indianapolis. Chris Fedor is going to join us at noon to talk a little Cavaliers. They take on the Dallas Mavericks tonight. That means one of the most fascinating players in the NBA is in town wearing an opposition uniform tonight. Hmm. And he kind of leads something that I think has become almost taken for granted in the NBA today. And maybe it shouldn't be. We'll explain all that next on Basket and Phelps. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Great to have Mary Kay Cabot with us from the Scouting Combine. If you missed that interview, go back and listen to it. You can do that on the Odyssey app, our website, 923thefan.com. I'm Jeff Phelps. My buddy over there is Andy Baskin, Andrew Barry. And if you, you want the official title, Executive Vice President of Football Operations and General Manager. See why I say football guru? I mean, that's a lot easier than saying executive vice president of football operations and general manager. How about Who just, decided you needed that many names? How, yeah, your paycheck. That's how you get more money. Football give, guru, give, give that pays just as well. No, it doesn't. Didn't, don't you get those things from Indeed that just, say we need a football guru? No, never you seen should. that before. I have no idea what you're talking about. Did you apply for a football guru job? Exactly. Executive fantasy vice football? president, football operations, and general manager. Jeff Phelps, fantasy football guru. Anyhow, Andrew Barry's coming up at 1230. You will hear from the executive vice president of football operations and general manager of the Cleveland Browns.
Am I allowed to just say guru now? Just okay? say general manager, Jeff. You're no, he's not. The right title is, is executive vice president, football oh. operations, and general manager. Manigan Why are you smarter today? As a toy. That's great. Are you smarter? Fabulous. Fedor I mean, is going to join I mean, us. Yeah, but I got high hopes. All right. Cavs are playing the Dallas Mavericks tonight. And I, I've always found the Dallas Mavericks fun. And let me explain why. First of all, I think Dirk Nowitzki's one of the trend-setting players, transitional, whatever. I, I don't even know the right word, in NBA history. Because he showed that seven-foot guys can actually go out and do some things that people didn't think seven-foot guys could do. And I thought he was fabulous. Second of all, I always liked their arena because you would go in and it would smell like you walked into a casino because they had great air freshening systems. I loved that arena. So I used to like going the, to the, Dallas because there was a place called McGuire's that had like, I'm not a big salad guy, but they had like this apple salad at this place called McGuire's in Dallas. And that was why I liked going to Dallas. And we always stayed at a really, really nice hotel. Down oh, there. yeah. Worst, worst media seating in the league. But, man, the air sure smelled nice and fresh. You know how you walk into a casino and you get that fresh air smell? because Yeah, that's pure oxygen I, to keep I know. you awake so well, you'll keep they, spending they money. They do the same thing in that Dallas arena, I swear to you. I can't believe fabulous. you are complimenting an arena for the same thing that you would compliment a cab for. Mark Cuban, way to go. You know the other great thing? You can send Mark Cuban an email and he'll respond to you. I'm, I, I, are are you? You're a Mark Cuban fan. I'm a Mark Cuban Absolutely. fan. Yes, are, I'm are you Cuban. kidding? The yeah. guy created something, sold it for gazillions, and it went under like two years later. Are you talking? You talk about timing. That dude has it. Good for him. He also has Luka Doncic. And if I'm the Atlanta Hawks, I'm still wondering uh, what the heck happened there. Do you think Mark's here for the game? I doubt it. Right. He's not I don't here, know, man. He? I wouldn't be the least no, bit surprised so. if he was here. Mark, if you're here and you want to join he, us on the show, he, knock it out. Come I don't on. think well, he travels for non-playoff 216-474-0092. Yeah, just Mark. call us. But he, he has Luca. We could, what, now, what would happen if Mark Cuban called us during the Andrew Berry press conference? What would we do? It's a tough one, though. It depends on who you would ask. Going to be honest. Oh, we take Mark Cuban and the heck with Andrew Berry. We'll play no, I later. would just we tape. play Andrew back. Yeah, I would tape. Yeah, we'd tape oh, yeah. Andrew Berry. We'd play later. We'd take Mark Cuban. We'd get this. I understand the question, and I thank you for asking it. Or we get Mark Cuban. What do you think? Are you kidding? That guy's an idiot. So, I mean, which one's yeah, more compelling? Yeah, he would compelling? give us real answers. I think Mark Cuban would be he fun. Would give us oh, some I really would take Mark Cuban over stuff. any press conference. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. He, he would give Mark us fun Cuban's stuff. Mark Cuban's a loose cannon. It's tremendous. Honestly, the guy's a pleasure to talk to. He's uh, entertaining. Sure. Yeah. Well, and he, does he has his own TV show. Or at least he's on the TV he's show. He's always kind of the nice guy on the show, yeah. too, right? So, he's got Luca. He follows up Dirk with Luca. by the way. How'd you win that lottery? Congratulations. That worked out well. And not the number one pick. You trade with Atlanta. Right. What was Atlanta thinking? Sorry, Trey Young's terrific. But, you know, Trey Young, 6'1", and weighs about a buck fifty, And Luka's built like a, a you know defensive end. Luka's the leading scorer in the NBA. 34.3 points per game. Might not be if Joel Embiid were still going. He could qualify. But True. anyhow, Luka right now is at 34.3. And it kind of got me thinking, Andy, and I did some digging and some looking, and I thought, I don't know that I like the way this looks. And I, it left me with this thought. And folks, I'd love your thoughts on this. Take a look at the NBA today. It used to be a big deal when a guy was a foreign player. 
you know, it was something special, really, right. because, you know, hey, this guy's he's from fill in the blank. He's from Serbia or Greece or Slovenia or Cameroon or Lithuania, France. Well, there are so many foreign guys now who are in the league and so many foreign guys who are kicking butt in the NBA that I don't think it matters. And I I looked at Andy top foreign guys in the league and top American guys in the league. If you gave based on what just ability and you know some productivity, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I thought if you gave the foreign guys a month and you gave the American guys a month to practice for a real series, I think I'd bet on the foreign guys. And I didn't like the way that felt. How many are on that team? Like, how many guys are you putting on your roster? Well, I just, I, I just went over some of the top guys. And correct me if I'm wrong here. The one, the one thing that clearly that that I dug up. So let me, can I just bring this up real yeah. quick? For, would you rather? And I'm, this, I'm not trying to derail you. Oh, would you rather see USA versus the world in the All Star game then? Because that would give you no, what you're looking because for. they won't know they they won't play, Andy. And, and I don't blame the guys. I'm not playing hard in an exhibition game. And a series like I just talked about, it's not even the Olympics because everybody plays in their own individual countries. Right. But, you know, our our country, I think we have we have an earned arrogance about basketball. I mean, that's, that's our game. I know it was developed by a Canadian, but he was in Massachusetts, by golly, when he did it. Dr. Naismith, thank you. And I think and I now think, a member of the Mid-American Conference. I think, there you go. And I think basketball is an American game. I think it's our game. Let me throw this at you. If you rolled this lineup out, the one thing that was clear. Can I write this down? If you want to. The one thing that was clear, foreign big guys are the way to go. American smaller guys are the way to go. I think we have a huge edge in guards and wings. Where do Canadians fall here? Well, they're not... They're not Americans. Okay, I'm just making They're sure. North I Americans. Know, okay, but, I didn't know how you, know, you were doing this, but go ahead. Okay. And, and so think about this. Where's Kyrie fall? Is he injured? I would go with guys who grew up someplace. Where did you grow up? Kyrie was born in Australia but grew up in the States. Okay. So I, and he played for the United States team. Okay. For instance, uh, DeMontis Sabonis was born in Oregon when mm-hmm. his dad was you know, with the Trailblazers, but he grew up in Spain, and his dad's Lithuanian. So Sabonis is considered a Lithuanian-American. Gotcha. But I would make him a foreign guy. Like Z. Just think about this, yeah. Luca is your point guard. Okay, Luca is my point guard. You're small forward, and you might be able to make him a shooting guard, and this is where it gets tough, is Giannis from the Bucks. He's from Greece. You could play Sabonis at forward. You could play Embiid at power forward. You could play Nikola Jokic at center. Now, you're, you're lacking in guards with these foreign guys. Yeah, you are. Okay, so you're clearly lacking in guards. And the Americans? Can I help your cause on the foreign side, though? Because if you're going to give the, if you're gonna give international Jamal Canadians. Jamal Murray? Jamal Murray. Okay. That was what I was going to talk Exactly. About. He's a Canadian. You could play Jamal Murray. You know, if you needed to, you could play R.J. Barrett, who's playing better, but I wouldn't put him in with the, these other guys. But – Andy, think about the the star power. SGA actually is Canadian. Jay Gilgrist mm-hmm. Alexander is he really? SGA is Canadian. Gilgrist Alexander is. Okay, there's your guy. Andy, there's 
That's unbelievable star power. Unbelievable. The Americans, if you look at the guys who are at the top of their game today and, and think, what what guys would I put on this team? All right. Donovan Mitchell. Okay, he's on my team. Anthony Edwards. Tyrese Halliburton. Jason Tatum. LeBron. I think LeBron's still there. I don't think you have the big guys to compete, but I don't know if the uh, the other guys, if, if the foreign right. guys have the... Durant out or in? Yeah, sure, put him on the team. I, I mean, he's still averaging. What, the o- the overall point is this, though. Man, there's some upper echelon foreign talent that is unbelievable in dominating the NBA. And I, I think that's a great thing for basketball. I think it's a great thing for the NBA. It's not a great thing if, if you're a, a proud American thinking that the Americans own this game. I don't know that that's the case anymore. Listen to this one. This, this I thought was interesting, and this backs up the big guy point. Um, Scoring-wise in the NBA right now, okay, and Luka is number one, and Joel Embiid would be there if he weren't injured. Luka, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Dan Albionis. I didn't realize he was from Canada. So that skews it even more. Um, Giannis. Greece. So your top three guys and four, if you want to throw in Embiid, are all foreign guys. Donovan Mitchell's fourth on the list, followed by Durant. So the foreign guys at the top of the scoring, although most of the leading scorers, like in the top 20, are American guys. Rebounding-wise, foreign guys, the top three guys. And five of the top seven are foreign players. Eleven of the top 16 rebounders in the NBA today are foreign players. Assist, players three through five are foreign guys, so three of the top five guys. Two of them are big guys, though, Jokic and Sabonis. The heck are they teaching those big guys overseas? But only one other guy in passing the ball, and this is where the Americans, I think, have a a huge advantage in the smaller ball guys, uh, and that's Giannis. It's just kind of, I think it's a really interesting interesting thing that's happened. And the NBA is phenomenal at just embracing basketball talent. It doesn't matter where it comes from. You know, you're in the league, you're in the league. But if you break it down a little bit, man, there are some phenomenal foreign players in the game today. And, and you could make the argument, Andy, this is the best era of foreign players the game has ever seen. I think it's incredible. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I think you're right on that. Although, Shea Gill just went to high school in Chattanooga, too. He split between... Plays for Team Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Where was he raised? See, I... Toronto. I, he was raised in Toronto. I go by that. So... But what does that mean? Raised? Is that your age... Like, age... Don't you think where five you... Don't you think where you 12? grew up is where you're kind of from? I do. So yeah, I he yeah. grew up in Canada, then he grew up in Canada. But then he went to high school in, in the States. In ten, well, partially. He went to. Uh, well, Tristan Thompson's Canadian. He went to high school in Vegas. You know, he went to high school here in the States. Yeah, so we consider him Canadian. Yeah. Because yeah. I think they made skates big enough for him. That was the problem. I think it's interesting, though, that. Thank you. I think it's interesting that foreign big men. I think, and this is a generalization, but I think it's accurate, are more skilled than American big men. And I, I wonder what it is they're Why? teaching guys. I, I don't know. Fundamentals? You know, like, 
our, our buddy Zadrunas Ilgauskas. Mm-hmm. Zadrunas hit a late growth spurt. He used to be a point guard. I just can't believe it. So if you ever watched Z dribble, he was actually pretty good at it. Z has a nice shooting touch. Why? Well, he was a guard. And I, I think most of the foreign big guys are brought up handling the ball, shooting the ball, facing the basket, and playing that kind of a basketball game. I, I do think it's interesting, though, that they have in many I, – I, and it's a big generalization. Americans, smaller guys, much better. And foreign, smaller guys, not as good. Generalization. But, you know, I mean, Luke is still a pretty big guy. And I just think that's a really, really interesting thing. Cavs tonight against the Mavericks. Mavericks are an interesting team. Let's take a look at that game as we get ready for Fedor joining us at noon. It's Basket and Phelps right here on The Fan. Coming up at noon, Chris Fedor covers the Cavaliers for the Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. Chris will join us, and then Andrew Berry, the Browns Executive Vice President of Football Operations and General Manager, Football Guru, coming up at about 1230. I'm Jeff Phelps, my buddy over there, Andy Baskin. You are really, really excited about his title. You're in need of a haircut, man. Talk about steering the... Discussion off the track. Just looking, you just you got the flow yeah, going, I baby. I, maybe I like you. The, well, you. Uh, it's Andy, almost playoff season. Andy, I'm jealous. I mean, come on. I mean, the playoffs are right around the corner. You know how long it's been since anybody told me I needed a haircut? Oh, that's true. <laughs> been a long time. You don't even need a very big pair of scissors. Cavs against the Mavericks tonight. Luka Doncic in town. That's fun. Kyrie Irving in town. Yeah, Kyrie. That's here. fun too. Andy's in North Olmsted. Hi, Andy. And there. Jeffrey and what's up, you guys? How are you, sir? How are you? Hey, anyway, just looking forward to your interview with Chris. He does a great job with the Cavs. He's the one guy who covers the Cavs that actually uh, it makes both Kobe and JB accountable. And I just want to say thank you. A shout-out to him real quick. He does a great job with the Cavs. Uh, he wrote an article not too long ago about JB needing to trust his depth. And I've noticed here in the recent going, you guys, that he's kind of gotten away from that. And I really, really hope that he trusts his depth. It's too early. He's got to tinker with some rotations. And on an interesting note, he still hasn't tried my killer rotation once this year. I want the ball in Donovan's hands. I want Isaac at the two, Dean at the three. I want Evan and uh, J.A. up front. I think that would be an unbelievable two-way uh, team for the Cavs. Who are at the two so and I'm three lo- again, Andy? Okay, are you ready? Yeah. And it's 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 our it's our we, Jeff, Donovan, Jarrett, uh, Evan, and then yeah, I got Isaac at the two and Dean at the three. Okay. Think about the switching defense, Jeff and Andy. Think about the rebounding. We have size and length, and on offense, who has the ball? Donovan. That's who you want to have the ball. Isaac and Dean are spread out. You've got to trust them. They can either be spread out on opposite sides in the corners or on the weak side, one at the wing, one, and you could play with the two bigs. Uh, he hasn't tried that rotation one time this year. You know, Andy, yeah, the so, one thing that I note, the, the one thing I'm, and it's not a concern, but it is a thought. When, when Darius and Evan were out, obviously that depth was on display and, 
I'll be honest, I I didn't think the team was very deep for most of the season. But when they had to play these guys, they stepped up and they did a nice job. And I just wonder if I, I, I don't think JB is comfortable playing that many guys. And I also wonder if they're not comfortable limiting Darius Garland in his minutes and maybe even in what he does on the floor. Because that, that seems to be that seems to be the common denominator here when that situation comes up. Would you agree? Jeff, I would agree with you wholeheartedly, and maybe it's just a coach in me. And there's nothing against Darius. I think Darius is a very good player. I do too. But but we Jeff, we get back to we got beat up last year by New York because size and length and rebounding. And that's why I suggested that lineup because I know as a coach, I used to tinker with lineups too. And you know what? You don't know unless you try. And I'll tell you one thing. There is such a thing as ball stopper. We don't want dribble, dribble, dribble. We know who's going to have the ball. And they need to keep moving that ball. Dean doesn't dribble. He moves the ball. Isaac doesn't dribble. He does, he, he moves the ball. Jared Allen certainly doesn't. He's got to trust stuff like that. And, hey, you know what? Isaac and Dean have proven they can knock down the three. You can't do it unless you give them a chance. And that's just my whole preface, you guys. Andy, thank you very much. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate that. Kyrie Irving in town tonight. Do you think people here in uh, Northeast Ohio are okay? I'm okay with, with him. I, yeah, I don't. That's, I don't. He's a great basketball player. Yes, that's where I is. am with him right now. Yes, he is, and and I I feel the same way about him. When when he wanted out of here, are we allowed to say that you get it? I got it at the time, and I understood. I also thought that's eh, a tough way to go, but. LeBron casts a very big shadow. And if if you were a young guy like Kyrie and you you thought that it would be best for you in the long run to not maybe be in that shadow, I, I get it. I don't know that it was the right move, but I get it. Oh, I wish you would have stayed another year. I think I, we all I do, do too. right? And I don't know. I'm over it. I'll I, I be honest. I'm just over it. It just seems so long ago, doesn't it? Well, I mean, if it's... I don't have any ill will towards LeBron leaving the first time, then I, I, I'm i okay with you it. You want to feel old? Yeah. Kyrie's 31. He'll be 32 next month. Doesn't that make you feel old? You were Still the... playing great basketball, though. You were there when they won the draft lottery. Oh, were, I was. Yeah, you... I was in Newark. Yeah. To get, Man, Kyrie, he was... to get Kyrie. He was so tired, he too. Was, he was a, just a kid. They put us in these like stalls. There must have been thirty stalls. Stool, stall. No, stall would be good stalls. for you. Stalls. No, they were stalls. It was like so <laughs> underneath. Uh, this was at it, this was in Newark. Mannequin got it. Where the Nets were. I get it. You chose not to. I, I just I remember like asking him, "Hey, your thoughts on on going to Cleveland?" He was just he was exhausted. Like I, I just and he didn't have a whole lot of energy left after. <laughs> after that night, and I was just kind of looking forward to to what he was going to be able to do. And man, it was uh, it was a weird night. It was a weird. And you know what? I, I always thought the draft was weird after that night too, because it was such a TV show. And then you realize mm-hmm. that's all it is is a TV show. Well, it's hard for me to believe that Kyrie is where he is in his career. He's in he's in his thirteenth NBA season. That's insane. It, it is insane. I remember and, walking by Ron Harper outside. I was walking. I was like, hey, Ron Harper. Hey, I, how are you? Would you agree with this? 
Why do I remember all these silly things? Go ahead. If if LeBron had come back and Kyrie weren't here, I don't I don't think they win the NBA championship. I don't think they do either. And I, I don't think they get to the NBA finals. Especially knowing how good Golden State was. It was a phenomenal combination because Kyrie was the great ball handling point guard who could flat out shoot. And didn't have to be a huge facilitator, which has never been his game, Andy. And he, he's not a 10 assist per game guy on a regular basis. Uh, his career best isn't even seven, which people might find interesting. You know, he's a point guard, but he's a scoring point guard. And he had LeBron, who passed beautifully. And so the two of them combined were able to do some great things in moving the basketball. But Kyrie was 24 years old his last year here. He wanted to go. He wanted to go do it on on his own. I get it. I, if if by any chance, and I I don't think it would have been possible, if by any chance the Cavs had been able to keep Kyrie and keep LeBron, you're looking at the NBA Finals every other year to this day but I don't think that was ever going to happen. I think LeBron came back with a short-term goal, and I think Kyrie had different fish he wanted to fry. I won't say bigger because I don't think it's been bigger. I, I still think his best best image, best memory, the way he's known, is for being a member of that championship team. And, and though he's been a phenomenal player ever since, I still think if there was any way the Cavs could have kept that thing together, it would have it would have worked, and it would still be working today. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, it's funny you look at, you know, you think about his impact in the organization, and then if you go to like Basketball Reference and you just hit, um, you know, career franchise leaders, and if you look at all the number ones, he didn't have anything there. It's weird. Now, I mean, I can go back. If you look at year-by-year stats, I'm sure that that'll change things. But, um, yeah, it's just it's it's bizarre to look at. Like, LeBron has so many records here. Oh, man, it is amazing how much LeBron rewrote the, the history books. It's interesting. Donovan Mitchell is points per game at 28.2 is number one. Just looking at this uh, – but some of these numbers. You know, you know what else is interesting? Hmm. Only four times in Kyrie's career has he played more than 60 games in a season. That yeah, means he's right. missed 25% of a season in two-thirds of his years. That's so that's good. weird. That's He made so many big shots while he was oh, he, here. He, he did. I, don't, I, I mean, I don't know. It, there, no one's bitter, right? Are we, we're all I, I over think, it, right? I think everybody's over that, and I think his number will be hanging in the rafters. It should be. There, I don't know if there's any question it should be. He hit the shots, man. He hit the most of well, them. Well, not only that, he was damn good when he was here. You know? I mean, and I I give him credit because it took a little it took a little bit for him to you know, figure out how to play with LeBron and to because he, he thought he was gonna be the man here. Not not that too often six one, six two guards are, are the man on a team, but I think that's what Kyrie thought was going to happen here. And then all of a sudden LeBron comes back. He had to adjust. And they figured it out. So I, I'm sure he will get a nice ovation tonight when he's introduced with the Dallas Mavericks. And I, I think Kyrie and Luka 
are a really interesting combination together. That's a really interesting group. How far can that team go, Jeff? Oh, conference semis. I don't. I don't think it's a conference, even a conference championship series team. But they're good. They're sitting in what the eighth spot right now, so they're in the playing tournament, but they're only half game back on the sixth spot, which is the Pelicans and the Suns. Um, Andy, they have two guys averaging sixty points a game combined. It's impressive. That, that's that's a lot, and they might they might have the same situations that other teams have had. They don't. Their big guys might be lacking. That's where the Cavs have an interesting thing. If they can figure out how to really make it click, you know, with Darius and Donovan together. They have big guys. Where do you, where they have they, Jarrett. They have Evan. That, do, that works. Going into tonight's game, doesn't it feel like the Cavs are a little bit stuck in neutral? Uh, you know what? I'm not, not going to say that. For a couple games here, I think not they're in neutral. I am. I'll you say know, it. And the reason I say I, it? I don't think they're going to stay in neutral. I just I wonder if they can bust out and just throw it in the gear. That's all. Remember when they had won what, nine of the first ten games when Darius came back? Yeah. And they were 18-2 and two before the All-Star break? That's not sustainable in no. the NBA. And so I, I was expecting a couple of losses here and there. So just as you shouldn't have been over-the-top giddy when they were playing so well before the All-Star break, you shouldn't panic at all about what's happened since. No, I'm not, I'm not panicking. I just feel like they're in neutral. They're not, I don't feel like they're going forward, but I don't really feel like they're going backward. I expected them to lose some games too. I'm not in the, any different situation than you are. I just, I don't know, these games, are the last couple of games have been kind of close down the stretch, whether you win or you lose those games, and it's just like, all right, let's see uh, Let's well, see what happens in this last second third. You, you hope to not lose to Orlando. You hope not to lose to Philly without Joel Embiid, and you hope to have an easier time with Washington. They, they didn't. You know, they, they won one of those three games. That's okay. Can you get back on track tonight? Yeah, I think you can. Uh, we'll find out what Chris Fedor thinks. He covers the Cavaliers for the Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com. He's coming up next. And then at 12.30, estimated time, Andrew Barry, football guru of the Browns from the Combine in Indianapolis. Twelve thirty, Andrew Barry from the podium in Indianapolis. He's the executive vice president of football operations and general manager of your Cleveland Browns. Twelve thirty combine. Can we do something every time he says that? I'm is Jeff it, Phelps. Can we punch him? Well, it's more than GM apparently. Football guru, you didn't like? Yeah, it guru, feels like so- one of those titles that should immediately be followed by a bunch of people clapping for you. Let's go to the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. We're going to bring in the executive vice president of covering the National Basketball Association team of Cleveland. He's Chris Fedor from the Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com. Hello, Chris. What's going on, guys? Maybe one day I'll be Andrew Barry. Who knows? We're just throwing around titles, making them yeah. up, making them up. Uh, good fine. to have you with us, buddy. How are you, first of all? All-star break, treat you well? All good? All-star break was great. It's uh, exactly what I needed it to be, just spending time at home with my wife and my son and uh, getting ready for this gauntlet that is going to be the March schedule for the Cavs. And what is that gauntlet? What does it tell you in your mind about what we could see and what it could lead to? 
Yeah, I just don't know, honestly, guys, if there's anything that I could see from the Cavs throughout the rest of this regular season that's going to change my view on, on who they can be and what they can possibly accomplish. I just think this is a group that needs to show it on the biggest stage under the brightest lights in the playoffs. At the same time, yeah, I mean, there are little things that we can learn about the Cavs as, as we finish off this season. Just how good are they? Can they handle matchups against some of the elite teams in the league? At this point, 24 of their 37 wins have come against teams with a record below 500. Um, they themselves are below 500 against the above 500 teams. So playing against Dallas tonight, that's a test for this group. As we move forward into the schedule and Phoenix is on it and some of these other elite teams are all on that schedule, um, it, it will give us a better idea, not the, the idea that we need, um, but a better idea of just how good this team is and how ready they are for playoff basketball. And, of course, Darius Garland, how he continues to fit into the fabric of this team and Evan Mobley being used the way that he's going to be used and how J.B. Bickerstaff navigates his rotation. To me, those are the main storylines of this second half of the season for this team. But they've already shown that they're a good team. We just, I think, want to realize and understand uh, just how good they are. Chris, Jeff and I were just kind of discussing this a little. He doesn't think so, but I think so. I think they're a little bit stuck in neutral coming out of the gate here after the All-Star break. Um, that's not saying they can't put it into gear pretty quick, but do you see it that way or am I nuts? Well, I mean, two of those games were played without Donovan Mitchell, and I think everybody understands how important Donovan is, and there's a reason why he's in the MVP conversation. There's a reason why he was an All-Star. There's a reason why he's going to get votes for first-team All-NBA. Um, so when the Cavs do not have him, statistically, they're a completely different team, both offensively, and defensively. So it's not surprising to me that they haven't looked like the team um, that they were before the break when Donovan was out there and playing more like himself. In saying that, yeah, I mean, I think there are things that this team is still working through. I think J.B. Bickerstaff is still working through his rotations and finding the right combinations, and he's using different lineups, and he's using different players. And with that is going to come with a level of growing pain um, with that is going to come with a level of inconsistency um, on top of that it's also returning from the all-star break and I don't want to make excuses for them or anything along those lines but I think there are circumstances tied to how they've played since the all-star break but I haven't seen anything that would be considered alarming Chris Fedor joining us plain dealer cleveland.com and of course works with us here sometimes at 92 through the fan the one thing that you just talked about with JB finding his rotations and all that, I, I keep flashing to this. Man, did they cook without Evan and without Darius? And it, I, I, you're not better without good players, Chris. But uh -huh. when Donovan had that ball in his hands, man, he elevated the games of everybody around him. And I, I wonder what does JB do there? Because you know he saw it. He, he saw what was going on. It was. That, it was fabulous. The guy was great, and he kept his he kept his scoring up, Chris, mm -hmm. while getting everybody else involved. How do you work? And and then Evan came back. It was still great. How do you yeah. work Darius into this? Keep Darius happy, and did you, did you keep the ball in his hands, Donovan? I mean, it's it's there's some coaching that needs to be done there, and it's something I think that's critical for JB to figure out. 
I also think, guys, it's important to point something out. Um, if you look at the Cavs statistically for the duration of this season, in terms of offensive rating, defensive rating, net rating, the things that a lot of teams nowadays are using to measure their effectiveness at, at whatever it is that they're trying to measure. Um, all of those ratings throughout the duration of this season are worse than this recent stretch when Evan Mobley and Darius Garland came back. So with Darius and Evan, and it's a smaller sample size, obviously, but it's not like these guys have completely disrupted or not enhanced what the Cavs were already doing. What were they, They're like 9-1 nine, nine and one in Darius's first 10 games back, right? Something like that? Yeah, and, and it goes beyond the win-loss record because the win-loss record is so much tied to a schedule and it's so much sure. tied to matchups and opponents that you're playing against. I'm looking at things a little bit deeper than that. Their net rating is better during this stretch when they've had Darius and Evan together. Their offensive rating is better when they've had these guys, despite the fact that they are still working through some things. In saying that, as you bring up, Jeff, like, yeah, I, I do think it is difficult on Darius um, to be the Darius that he was a couple of years ago when he was one of the up-and-coming point guards in the Eastern Conference, um, when he was a first-time All-Star, because he's being asked to do things that he's never been asked to do consistently in his entire basketball career. I mean, if you think about it, this dude has been playing full-time point guard since basically he was out of diapers. And now they're starting to ask him to play off the ball a little bit more, and it's a different skill set when you're asking him to do that and share the floor with Donovan. And I think the Cavs are trying to find pockets within the game where Darius can be on the floor without Donovan, and he has a little bit more freedom. His usage is up. His touches are up. He has an opportunity to beat Darius Garland. Um, and and, and J.B. Bickerstaff is trying to do the same thing when it comes to Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Um, I'm digging into the numbers for a story that I'm working on, and it's almost to a point where the minutes apart for those two guys are higher than the minutes together um, since Evan came back from his knee surgery. So JB's trying to find different moments throughout the course of the game when he can stagger those guys, give them a little bit more freedom, and tap into some of those individual gifts that make them um, such brilliant basketball players, while at the same time, those guys try and figure out the best way for them to blend in um, when this team is at full strength and, and when this team um, has its core four all on the floor at the same time. All right, Chris, riddle me this. If the team stays healthy, and I'm sure this is a mm-hmm. question that fans will be asking themselves, why are the Cavs going to be a better team in the playoffs this year than they were last year? Because they just have different places that they can go for consistent offense. That, to me, is what it all boils down to. The series against the Knicks, yes, part of it was about a lack of physicality. Yes, part of it was about the Cavs giving up way too many offensive rebounds. Yeah, part of it was about the fact that, you know, Evan Mobley uh, didn't have the greatest series, and Donovan Mitchell wasn't himself. He didn't play like himself. And Darius Garland um, didn't seem like he handled the playoff stage as well as you would have wanted him to. Like, there were a bunch of different factors um, that go into the Cavs being non-competitive and getting bounced out of the playoffs last year against the Knicks. And they had roster flaws 
and they had an imbalanced roster construction and all those things. But the bottom line is their offense was wretched in that series against the Knicks. And sure, give the Knicks credit. It's a great word. Um, defensively, the Knicks were really, really good, and Tom Thibodeau is a defensive mastermind. But, like, come on, it's the NBA. You can't muster more than 94 points in five games. Like, come on. Got to be better than that. So, offensively, like, there was only one thing that they could do really, really well last year and in that series against the Knicks. It was high pick and roll over and over and over again because that's the strength of Darius Garland. That's the strength of Donovan Mitchell because their bigs weren't at the level in terms of their development offensively where you just get them involved the way that the Cavs have been able to do this year because Jarrett's a different player and Evan is a different player. They've both gotten better on the offensive end of the floor in in different areas. And because the Cavs didn't have movement guys the way that they do right now with Max Struess and Sam Merrill, and they didn't have the floor spacing like they do this year because of George Niang, Max Struess, Sam Merrill. So the roster is a little bit different. Um, And I think because of that, the Cavs have more ways that they can function and, and have success on the offensive end of the floor. If they want to play big, they can do it. If they want to play small, they can do it. If they want to play inside and dominate the paint, they have shown an ability to do that. If they want to have a movement-based offense, they have shown the ability to have success that way. If they want to bomb threes, they can do that. If they want to go back to the high pick and roll with Darius and Donovan and Jarrett, that's always going to be there. And I think so much about the playoffs is um, can you play a variety of styles based on what is demanded in that particular matchup against that particular opponent? And the Cavs, if we look at it like a chessboard, Like, they just didn't have a bunch of pieces that could move a lot of different directions. This year, they do. Chris Fedor joining us, PlainDealerCleveland.com. The Eastern Conference looks kind of wide open, Chris. Boston is kind of, you know, out in hiding, but with Embiid hurt, Philadelphia is is not Philadelphia. Doc Rivers hasn't yet got the bucks where he wants them. We'll see if if he's able to do that. That said, there are, I, I think, seven, eight teams in the Eastern Conference, the, the teams that you would think would make the playoffs, that might be able to knock off anybody in, mm. in the playoffs. Is that is that fair? And what does that mean for a team like the Cavs who look like they're going to finish in the upper part of the Eastern Conference? I think it's sort of fair, guys. I, I think we have to recognize and understand that Boston is on a completely different level than everybody else in the Eastern Conference. Um, the things that they're doing on a nightly basis, the consistency that they're playing with offensively and defensively. You know how many times they've lost two games in a row this year? Uh, once. Only, yeah, is it once? Once. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the level of consistency that they're playing at. They can space the floor. They can play it inside. They can knock down threes. And defensively, I think there's a different level that they can get to in a seven-game series. So they are scary good, and I think they belong on a tier by themselves. And I think everybody in the Eastern Conference is chasing them. I think they've earned that. In saying that, like, does Boston want Miami in a first-round playoff series? Probably not. Does Boston want Philadelphia if Joel Embiid comes back and he shows that he can be healthy and effective if Philly continues to slide down the standings? No, not really. Um, So I do think it's an interesting Eastern Conference, and I do think – 
what happens throughout the course of the playoffs might in large part be determined by what the first round matchups are. Like last year, if the Bucks got somebody other than the Miami Heat, we're probably having a different conversation about how things played out in the Eastern Conference, right? Yes. But the wrong matchup for the wrong team at the wrong time could lead to quite a drastic shakeup. And it, for the Cavs specifically, the wrong matchup could be the difference between, you know, a deep playoff run and a whole bunch of organizational changes this offseason. Wow. That, that's interesting. Who do you like in the West? we got about 30 seconds, Chris. It's Denver to me. Just Denver? I think there are some other teams that, that are sneaky good, and I think there's an upside that, that Phoenix has, and there's a level of offensive firepower attached to what they can ultimately become. And I wouldn't sleep on Dallas with Luka and Kyrie beating them four times at seven tries given the additions that they made at the trade deadline. That's going to be tough too. But Denver has done that. Um, their, their core has been together, and they've been through the wars together. And Murray and Jokic are still playing at an elite level together. Uh, they complement each other so well. And, and that's one of the toughest places to win um, for any team that has to go there. So I just think there are so many different facets to, to Denver that you have to make them the favorite out west. Thank you for your time today, buddy. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. You got it, guys. Anytime. Chris Fedor, Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com, does a phenomenal job of covering the Cavaliers. And he joined us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Andrew Barry coming up from the scouting combine in Indianapolis. That should be in about 15 minutes. You will hear him right here on the fan. That was Andrew Barry. Executive Vice President, Football Operations, and General Manager for the Browns speaking at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Apparently the Browns have plenty of uh, Microsoft tablets. Not worried about Ken Dorsey breaking them? Oh, you're the only one worried about that, Jeff. No, you're I'm, not, I'm not worried at all. Oh, okay. Apparently I forgot he's about not it. either. So I'm like, where's he going with this? Well, that's what he asked. That was, yeah. that was a response to a question. Yeah, I know. yeah where we like his competitiveness. Yes. Apparently a hell of a pickup basketball player. Yes. Got to like that. Yes. I, I did take a couple of things out of it. Um, it. And, again, you couldn't hear most of questions that were asked because the NFL has decided not to ask, not to mic the reporters there. So that's what's going on there. If I heard it all correctly, he was asked about Alex Van Pelt being released. Right. Didn't really answer. And he said, yeah, Kevin's talked about that. Yeah. That's all he said. Yep. Okay. I, I found the Nick Chubb stuff interesting and almost insightful. So did I. I didn't like hearing this. Nick is a popular discussion point. No, he's not. Nick's a hell of a football player. Yeah, but that's not what he said afterwards. I, like, I, I'm I not, know. I know he went into it. I, I, I think that's I him recognizing that, that fans want to know what's going I on. I hated hearing Chubb. it. Why? Because he's more than that. Yeah, I agree, but he also didn't give me any reason to think that the Browns are are not – they are currently talking to him, trying to figure out how to do this and do what's right by everybody. And quote, That's what I got out quote, of it. Nick is a quote, unquote, a difference maker. And, quote, 
run game is predicated on the strength of the offensive line in the scheme. I thought that was interesting, but then he went on to say And said, and more. Nick is a difference maker. Yes. Yeah. I'm just going to hang on this one. The run game is predicated on the strength of the offensive line in the scheme. Is that his way of saying that it doesn't matter who the running back is? It's his way of saying, hey, when, we're going to find somebody, and if, if we can't come to a financial agreement with Nick Chubb on how to move forward, then we're just going to move forward. And if Nick's not able to return, Andy, I mean, we, we're we all hopeful that the – I mean, medical science is a really interesting thing. I know someone who works in the industry, and the line always was – they call it practicing medicine for a reason. There's no guarantee. Mm-hmm. And a rebuilt knee getting rebuilt for a second time doesn't just scream absolutely on the field by week nine. No. So I, we're also hopeful because we have such respect for the guy as a person, just such respect for the guy as a player. And I hate to say this, Andrew Barry has to say, Run game is predicated on the strength of the offensive line in the scheme, and he has to go about his business that way because he doesn't know if he's going to have Nick Chubb, either from a financial standpoint or from a health standpoint. I thought what he said was very fair. I, I, it didn't give me any reason to doubt that the Browns want him on this team and Without question, are moving in a different direction. Don't you think under the right circumstances, they're not going to pay Nick Chubb what he's supposed to make. That They can't do that. They might be able to if they redo the contract. Well, that's exactly and right. He, and he lives up to the incentives. Yes. If they change it to incentives. Yes. But, but clearly they I have to do Nick, something. I, Nick's got to get that. He's got to understand that. I don't think that there's – I mean, they're taking a chance on him well, to bring him back, and he's taking a chance on on the Browns to be able to offer him something that's fair. Is this, is this fair? Because I, I think this is true. If you're Nick Chubb, and you're sitting here right now trying to come back from a second huge knee injury. Where are you going to get the best financial deal? Probably here. I agree. Yeah. Yep. I think if he's going to, if he's looking to make the most money, which he should, I think he's going to get it here. Unless somebody else believes that he is 100% and that he's coming back and he'll be able to be the, the running back that he was. And then you've got to find a team that values running back more than the rest of the league to do that, to pay him as much as the Browns would. So I, I think for all parties concerned, the best thing to do, renegotiate with incentives, and let's see what happens when it comes time for him to play again. I, I just think his best chance to make close to the amount of money that he's making right now is, is to work out a new deal with the Browns. You mentioned incentives without question. And if you're able to come back and do that this year, great. Make it a two-year deal with incentives for next year. Build that in. I just think if with some of the other, and Andy, there are a lot of running backs who are were available. A lot of running backs. And a, lot, and a lot of running backs who you would think, yeah, I'll take that guy. And I, I think there are some good ones. If you're looking for a running back, tell me a guy that you would take behind Nick Chubb based on Nick's injury right now. A All current right. free agent? Hold or, on. Okay. Uh, Derrick Henry. Okay, yes. Josh Jacobs. Saquon Barkley. Tony Pollard. Austin Eckler. Gus Edwards. DeAndre Swift. You see, this is this is why I think Nick and his, his representation need to 
sit down with the Browns, figure out something that works. Because I think anybody who needs a running back is going to go for one of those guys. Why wouldn't they? If they need a running back, they they need one. Right. Nick's not Nick's so unlikely to be ready to go at the start of the season. I, I can't see any team other than the Browns absolutely giving him money. And I hate saying that. I hate it. It's a very, very interesting situation. Although, you know, you go back and, like I said, Henry right out of the gate, but. You know, he he did. You, have a, you need a running back next year. Yeah, I mean, he had eleven hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. Right, he was great. Yeah, he did have. A, it was yeah, great in a down year for him. Yeah, and he's healthy. Correct. That's where this keeps going back to for Nick Chubb. I think you probably could get, although Josh Jacobs wants to get paid, as we talked about in the beginning of the show, his numbers were nowhere near Henry's. But that could have been the offense. Could have been. He's playing with a rookie quarterback. True. Things were a mess out there and fired a coach and everything else. What would you do in that scenario? In which scenario? The, where you just laid out all these running backs. I would not sign Nick Chubb. You would go get one of those guys? If I were another team. If I'm the Browns and I use the draft choice on Jerome Ford and I traded for Pierre Strong and I can go get well, – let me just throw some names at you. And I'm not saying these guys are, are great players, okay? I'm just saying these guys – could be more than competent NFL running backs as one one of a three-headed running back committee. Um, Devin Singletary, Gus Edwards, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who wasn't real good in Kansas City, but still he's available. DeAndre Swift, Deontay Foreman, Damian Harris, who got hurt last year in Buffalo and didn't play but was really pretty good when he was with New England. Uh, Cam Akers, coming back from injury. Yeah, J.K. Take- Dobbins, yeah. Rashad Penny. A.J. Dillon, Jarek McKinnon. I mean, there are a I, lot I, I, of I, running backs available. Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss is terrific. I want to see what Nick looks like after he comes back. It's not like he, you know but, he is going to try But you don't know when that's going to be, though. There's the catch. Okay, well, if that's the case, I mean, you keep making the argument for, you know, you've got one running back on this team that you drafted and one that you went out and traded for. Right. So you should be good with those guys. And I, I can see bringing in one of these other guys, Andy, because somebody's going to be left after everybody everybody gets their running back thinking, um, hey, anybody, I, I'd love to play for you. And some team will be able to sign somebody who's had some success in the league for a one-year veteran minimum or pretty darn close to it. And that's what I would do if I were the Browns. So you're looking at coming back with Ford and Strong, right? And you're hoping Chubb can – work his way back in and feel better and get back to even some semblance of what he used to look for. So you need to go out and get one more running back. The cheapest I, way to I, do that. I would. The cheapest way to do that is draft one. Except for this. And and tell me if this is wrong. Are the other guys so young that you really could use a veteran presence there? Does it matter? Oh, I don't know. That's, I don't know. I'm, I'm asking. I don't, I don't know. I draft one and wait for Nick to come back. Would you? Yep. The more you kept talking about it, the more I kept thinking, well, I'm just, I'm going to draft one. But the question is, do you want to draft one with your second or third round pick? No, absolutely no. not. So you're going to draft somebody. I mean, Jerome Ford but was it, a fifth round pick. So we know you, where they value running backs in the draft. Ernest Johnson. Ernest is available. I mean, you, you can get somebody who's had some success in the league on a vet minimum here. So you're not even saving that much money. And you already have two young guys. Let, let's put it this way. If they choose to draft one, great. If they don't, 
man, you have you have 15 guys who you could come in and probably help you out. Maybe more. I the more I listen to myself and the more I listen to you and the more I convince myself, I think they they draft one. Why wouldn't they? I, especially if you're looking to save some money somewhere. The more, I, the more I think about it, the there are less miles on a guy out of college than there are some of these guys in the NFL. I, I think the more that I look at it, the more I think they're going to sign a veteran free agent who's been around a little bit and can come in and just calm things down. Because I, I think Jerome Ford and I think Pierre Strong are going to be the main ball carriers. They have two fifth-round picks. We know that they value a running back in the fifth round. And they did that with, with Ford, right? Fifth-rounder. So we know where they value running backs are. Did he walk in the door ready to contribute? Or do they think they already have that right now with Ford and Strong? I think that might be the case, actually, that they actually think that. You heard Andrew Barry, folks. What did you think? Did it give you any impressions on what they might be doing? Did I? Did, did anybody, did I miss it? Did anybody hear the name Flacco? Did you hear anything about Brazil either? That was the other thing I was looking for. No. I still think they're going to Brazil week one. Well, is Joe Flacco going to be with him? I didn't. I don't think I heard Flacco's name. If I did, it was muffled or it fell out. Yeah. It's Baskin and Phelps here on the fan. Was Andrew Barry? The Browns football guru speaking at the Combine just a little bit ago, and you heard it right here on Basket and Films. You'll hear Kevin Stefanski tomorrow. Not exactly sure when Kevin's speaking. I believe it's afternoon, but uh, you'll hear that tomorrow right here on the show. Andrew talking about Nick Chubb, and, and a little more Nick Chubb conversation than I thought we'd hear out of the Combine, Andy. And I, whenever I hear anything about Nick, I'm sad. You want to know the truth. Nick, to me, is a, he's exactly what you want a football player to be. Guy works hard, produces like crazy, and is a good teammate. I That was one of the saddest things I've seen happen you know, to one of our players in a long, long time. When yeah. Was. And now all we can do is sit here and cross our fingers and hope that he's okay and good to go at some point and resume his career. Um, I, I mean, if you wanted clarity, I think a little bit on, I mean, the Browns don't have to talk to his agents. They can just bring him back as is. I mean, right? Well, no, if, if he, he's you good could, for you 2024, could, yeah, you, you could to. flat out bring him back, but yeah. you're talking to his agent because you're not going to bring him back at that price. Well, and that's what he's saying. Right. Yeah. And that my, that's my point is, is that, you know, we're talking to his agents or his, his reps means that, you know, they want to be able to, you know, wiggle a lot of this current contract, which makes sense. I, I I mean, I understand all that. And I'm also looking at, you know, the potential out and the dead cap hit of what, 4 million. So yeah, I, I mean, that was uh, to hear that little part of it. You just kind of double down on the fact that they, they are talking to his agent. So they need to figure out something. I mean, we kind of knew that already, but it was interesting to hear him well, actually admit it. We would have been stunned otherwise, right? Probably, but I, he didn't have to say that. He could have just said, hey, he's under contract next year. Well, let me uh, let me bounce this one off of you. He didn't have to say that. Too many stories that I saw over the weekend from football writers from around the country. Cut casualty. Cap possibilities. Nick Chubb was included. 
by almost everybody. Yeah, so was David Njoku last do, week. Do you think there's any way that the Browns flat out cut Nick Chubb to save money? Um, I mean, to renegotiate the deal, do they have to? I'm just asking as a matter of, you know, crossing eyes and dotting teeth. Do they have to cut him and re-sign him to, to null the contract? I don't believe so. You can just completely renegotiate the current contract. I believe so. Okay, just sure. making sure. Yeah, as long as everybody's in agreement. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. I mean, they have. They just. They have to do this. I think we all understand that. We all get it. Nobody wants him to be hurt. Everybody wants him to be back at where he was playing before. I don't want to have to read into the sound bites and try to figure out stuff. I just just do what's right by Nick. Do what's right by the Browns as much as you can, and then you know let's just figure this thing out. And you know, I, again, it's got to be incentive based because you, you just. It's not, you know, it's going to be a trust factor thing here about, you know, trying to be able to come back from a massive injury and be what you were at some point. He's going to take a hit. I mean, he's not looking at, what, $15 million next year? Ugh. Or 12 point, cash is $12.2 million. Cap hit is 15.8. More from Andrew Barry on Nick Chubb. I agree with everything you just said, Andy. I, I think he's right. Nick's clearly a difference maker. I think he's, if he's not the best running back in the game, he was one of them when he was healthy. He just called him the best running back in the game. Well, that's because he's his guy. And, you know, you can debate that all you want, who's the best guy, or Nick's in the conversation. So I don't, I don't know that there is a best running back in the game, but there are several of them who I think are in that conversation. And Nick's one of them when he's healthy. But he's right. The run game predominantly predicated on the strength of the offensive line in the scheme. And our team knows how to run the ball. And the only time, and you can go back and look it up, after Nick went out, the Browns ran the ball really well until they started losing offensive linemen, and in particular, Dewan Jones. And when that started happening, they started having issues with the run game. And that goes back to what he just said about the, the strength of the offensive line. So this team knows how to run the ball. They showed they know how to run the ball without Nick Chubb. So I would assume. Let's can we wrap up this Nick it's, Chubb? But it's also team rush, not individual rush. I think that's the difference between well, sure. having Nick because he only had what one hundred one. Uh, after Nick got hurt twice, the Browns ran for over hundred. An individual rusher ran for over a hundred times. But team yards. rushing numbers were really pretty good until the offensive line got hurt. They were still hanging up near the top of the league. That is weird, though. You know, Ford had the two 100-yard rushing games, and Chubb had one to start the season. They were they were still pretty good. And if the offensive line comes back and it's healthy and you have Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong and you add somebody, either draft or free agency, whichever way they want to do it. If they want to listen to Andy, go ahead. Want to listen to me? Go ahead. Sure. <laughs> I They can run the ball. We just all, we just all hope, and we all pray that – Nick Chubb will be healthy and able to resume his career and do it here in Cleveland. Eric is in Akron. Hi, Eric. Hey, Eric. Hey, hey how's it going, guys? Great, thank um, you. I, I'm, I'm with Andy. I, I think we should draft a running back. Um, look, I I mean, you're, you're never really going to replace Nick, but obviously you're going to have different running backs. To go out to the free agent market, yeah, you're paying for the – they're kind of more of a proven commodity – but on a team where salary cap's an issue, like I don't, I don't think you can pay as much for that right now. 
And if whether Nick's back in week nine, week six, whatever the estimation is, Nick will be back at some point. And presumably, Eric, Eric you don't. We don't. I, I hate to. I hate to say it. You don't know that yet. Eric, he's well, going to try. I, I, I think Eric. I, I. I mean, I'll be surprised if we don't see him back in some way. Otherwise, he retires. He's either back or retires. That's all. I, those are the only two options I can see. I, I just. I can't see him. He will put the work in to get there to try to be what he was, and I, I think he agree. I, I think we all agree that. Dano. All right, gentlemen, Andrew Berry is currently holding his sidebar. So after the combine, because it is such a short period of time, typically the guys will do sidebars. We will have that audio for you when he stops speaking. He's still currently speaking. But a couple things are coming out of this that are worth noting. Uh, One of them being Andrew Berry saying that the Browns will host the Vikings for joint practices, and they are heading back to the Greenbrier for nine to ten days of training camp again. Greenbrier, here we come, baby. Nine to ten, huh? Is Nine just... to ten days they are heading back to And what if they to have the to go to Brazil, too? I... I'm just, uh, what do you, like, I, like I'm accusing you of this. The way it followed up was like, so, Mr. Betty, what if they go to Brazil? Like, I don't have that answer. Well, I'm just saying that's a long, I mean, that's virtually no camp. That's the first camp. By the way, a sidebar is when they have a press conference and then all the reporters the, pull someone off on they pull whoever was on the dais. The local beat reporters talk. are talking to him now. For those of you that really haven't been in court, uh, now you know it's a court term. I've watched a few good men. I know what wow. happens. Okay, watch liar liar. I don't know. Was there a sidebar in a few good men? I don't remember that. Do you? You need me on that wall. Yeah, but that I don't remember Tom Cruise asking for a sidebar. I, I don't either. Point of order. Sidebar, please. I didn't hear that. Nine to ten days at the Greenbrier. Dang. I'll tell you what, man. That league just spends money. <laughs> but they did feel it was beneficial. How much well, did we absolutely. talk about that down the stretch? Absolutely. They have great golf Are we courses. taking our show to the Greenbrier or no? I'm going to try to get us down to the Greenbrier. Are we going for a week? Nobody else is going. Why not us? I can't see We'd the Poobah. I can't see the Poobah paying for our food for a week. It's We'd just, be a blast at the Greenbrier. We would have fun at the Greenbrier. We would have a blast there. Kidding me? We'd Can you see the poobah picking up the tab for us? To I hope he doesn't. For a week? No. Also coming out of this, and this is off of Mary Kay Cabot's Twitter page, uh, Andrew Barry also saying that the Browns have proposed a rule change to move the trade deadline back. The reasoning behind it being that when the season got expanded, the deadline did not expand with it. So his whole idea is we need to move this thing because we've made more season, therefore there's more time. What do you guys think of moving the trade deadline back? You know, they moved – how long ago did they move it back? They moved Two it back years ago? a couple of weeks – a couple of years ago, they moved it a couple of weeks because it was much earlier in the season. I, I don't mind the idea of pushing it back a little bit. I mean, seriously, you never you never know, you know, who's going to get hurt and what's going to happen there. I don't – something more comparable to where Major League Baseball has it, like August 1st, something more comparable to what where the NBA has it. So it was Halloween this year, at least. It was Halloween. So it was that week. How about Thanksgiving? What does that give you? Four weeks left in the season? Five? No, it gives you like six. Because you play regular season games in January now. Two-thirds of the way through the season. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're right. I do think they should change the trade deadline. I think that's – I don't know when talked about it. It does make sense. I think, I think it's a good idea. And to be honest with you, they probably should move it – 
based on what they believe is going to be an 18-game schedule, not a 17-game schedule, well, because it's going to happen eventually. Or you can, you when they go to adjust. 18, yeah. then you have to adjust. Yeah, you can adjust. I, I just think that's interesting. Greenbrier bonding, Andy. As Forgive me here. I, I couldn't care less whether they go to the Greenbrier, whether they go to Berea or whatever. I, I do know that stories about training camp off of your own campus those are legendary. Browns in Hiram. Browns at Kent State. Browns in Berea. Not so much. You know, and I, I've always I've always thought, and, and this is why I think, I, I could give you pros and cons. This is why I think the Greenbrier is a good idea. If you start training camp in Berea, when you start training camp, late July, it means you're working at the same place in that environment with those hours and that intensity straight through man until hopefully february you know and yeah, i kind of like what we've been doing here except for, 12 for years. one thing yeah let's be let's be real honest That's okay uh our, our we're not working 12 hours a day we're not coaches i'm working 12 hours a day. i don't know about you man you should see me well, yeah because after you leave here you go coach hockey oh it's more than that are you kidding i'm i'm, I'm jumping through tires i'm I'm hitting the sled. But you know what I'm saying. If you're a coach and you're doing that wacky stuff and putting in those 12 to 18-hour days, good Lord, man, you're in that building constantly. I would think it would truly break it up and keep you a little fresher mentally if you're working somewhere else. Um, I think it keep, keeps the focus on football when you're on the road and you're you're set to the agenda. Well, especially if you, can you. Do, if you can go home if you're training in Berea. Right, you but know? you don't. You're not going home if you're in – like, if I'm a veteran, I don't know that I'm digging this. I exactly. Mean, I'm not sure the veterans are all into this. But, you know, it depends what their commitment is to the team and if they believe that – Oh, no, don't having, go there. Well, I'm just saying, if, you, if you're going to sit and whine about it as a veteran, then it's just all about the paycheck. I don't know – from oh, what I heard, from what I – you know, from what we heard, that Greenbrier experience was one of the reasons these guys were able to stick together through tons of adversity last year. So that the veterans did buy in, that they did believe in what they were doing last year, that if they can bring their family with them, it's okay. Nothing wrong with that. little vacation with your family. Dad's going to work today. He's going to go hit the field. we got to go in the weight room. we got to practice this afternoon. It's raining. Let's go in the bunker. We're going to go do some 11-11s, and you guys chill, and then I'll be back for dinner or after our team meal. We can practice running plays in the bunker. We don't have to throw. Do it in the lobby of the hotel. Ooh, look out for that chandelier. Oh, man. That's all right. Jimmy will write a check. Don't play ball in the house. So, again, this is off of Andrew Barry's sidebar, which is taking place now. We will have that audio ASAP so that you can hear Andrew Barry addressing with the reporters of the local media. The rule change submission is having the trade deadline moved back two weeks from the end of October to mid-November. Like Thanksgiving. Almost. Well, two weeks though, right? Doesn't that, that allows for week eighteen? Is it you only added one week for the trade deadline? Yeah. Why would week eighteen play into a? Here's what I'm saying: deadline. you want to move it two weeks, not one. They no, only you, added you can one adjust week. later. Yeah, but if you've added one week, then you would push it back one week, right? That's a that's a down the road thinking, Andy Bassett. Yeah, right I was going to say you're. I okay, I get it now. I thought you, you meant just saying? for next year where you're already adding in the 18th game. Okay, now I'm tracking. No, now I'm just saying that if you, you might as well, so this way you don't ever have to change it again. Right now It'll I'm tracking. Sorry, same. I wasn't yeah. tracking. 
I'm just saying. Just thinking ahead. You know, that's you could all. change it again. It's only a date. Why? Why can't you just admit that I'm right? Like, why well, is that when, so when difficult? We, for when you? we get there, I will. Wow, <laughs> that's hurtful. No, Andy even laughed at that. Look, you he's, think he's I laughed? He's trying at that. not to laugh. That's hurtful. He's right, trying well. not to laugh. I am apparently more of executive vice president, football operations, and general manager Andrew Barry coming up either on Baskin and Phelps or with with Nick and the gang coming up in the afternoon. Right now in Indianapolis. That's where we find out great tidbits like, here comes the Greenbrier again. Do you want to go? No, I don't play in the NFL. Do you want, I wouldn't mind going to Greenbrier. See? I think it'd be kind of fun. Great. It'd be Baskin and Madigan. You going with me? Dan, you going? I'm in. Let's go. All right, we're out, man. I'll stay here. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. When is that? Watching the guys are they would be going? fun, though. Yeah, somewhere in August. Kids in school? Uh, that could be a problem. Oh, I don't care about the school part. I care about high school football. <laughs> are you kidding? Huh? I don't want to miss high school football. No matter what, I'm in. There I'll go, go hang at the Greenbrier. Hennigan's going. I'll bring, you just want to see the bunker. I'll bring the sticks. Oh, you're darn right I want to see the bunker. Oh, my gosh. That's like 1-1 of why I want to go to the Greenbrier. Everything else is whatever. The practicing, the hustling, the sweating, whatever. I don't care. I want to see the bunker. I wonder how much produce they threw out over the years at the Greenbrier. You're joking, right? Keeping that thing stocked up for the president just in case we ever needed it. I'm sure somebody ate it somewhere along the way. Yeah, I think? hope it was like donated or... Well, I hope yeah, so, but I wonder. On, man. I mean, you're supposed to keep that place stocked, right? Well, not everything's going to keep. I don't. Now you have me wondering when high school football starts. Oh, my God. It started... Andy, uh, come back. Well, I mean... The regular season started August 14th last year. Come back, year, Andy. So. I mean, spam lasts pretty long. That's true. Might you, be able to keep uh, that stocked in there. Put tuna fish in there. Tuna fish? That's but a good one. Sar- sardines? You're going to put you mayo probably, in there. If you got a window in the bunker, that's where you want to use what the if sardines. if the president doesn't like sardines? I hope he doesn't. I can't get behind sardines. Why would a president eat sardines? <laughs> Come on, man. Well, it's like that whole thing of, you know, everybody's got tastes of what you grew up with, and other people look at you like you're nuts because you enjoy those kind of things. Don't you know, make like, me Google this. Like, you get the people who, you know, grew up on the farm, and so they... So I, I double-checked with People the order poop-up. haggis in restaurants. Like, why would anyone want to eat haggis? Oh, somebody had sardines as one of their... Every president's favorite food. This is not to be political. I double-checked with, with the with like Garfield. As I try to get the show back on the tracks. I double-checked with the Pooba. John Adams was hard cider. And I asked him. It's not bad stuff. Did you hear the name Flacco mentioned from Andrew Barry? And he said no. And he said. I didn't I, either. He, he didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. And Pooba said and accurately. What if, if somebody had asked him about Joe Flacco, he would have had a standard free agent answer. Probably right. Yeah. Probably right about that. Yeah. And I said, what if somebody had asked him. Are you convinced the DTR is your backup quarterback? And Poobah said, "No, that's the question." Because oh well, if Poobah says that's the question, then that's well, the no, because that. that could have led to more. You know, could have led. To some well, what do you s- think he would give you a standard answer on DTR? We were, you know, unfortunately the injury curtailed what we could have maybe seen at the end of the season. Um, you know, we did put him in a high pressure situation in the beginning of the season. 
uh, we are looking forward to uh, his future with the Browns. Why do we ever run press conferences? Why don't we just have Andy ask? Thank you. I could just answer. I'll ask Andy questions. Wait. Oh, first, let me start with this. Jeff, uh, really good question. I'm really glad you asked that. Now I'll give you the answer. But I can't tell you anything. Andrew Jackson liked leather leather britches. You ever heard of leather britches? No. What is that like? Yeah, I've I've heard of them. You have. They look pretty good on good looking people. They're good to look at. Oh, I see where you're going with that. Trying to go to a yesterday joke. (laughs) Your well is not good. Uh, Jackson, green beans cooked with bacon. Oh, that is pretty good. Green beans cooked with bacon is really good. I always drop bacon bits into green beans when I cook. Oh, man. Mm. Not feeling good. William Henry Harrison. Want to know what his favorite food was? Well, he died 30 days into office, didn't he? You want to know why? Squirrel squirrel stew. That's why. That's why. Tastes like chicken. Squirrel stew? James Polk had it, right? when When I was in Beaumont, a buddy of mine's family was from the kind of sticks of Louisiana. Yep. And I went over for dinner one night, and Mrs. Johnson was serving food, and she said, here's you know this and this. And, Jeff, this is squirrel. You won't, you won't hurt my feelings if you don't have any, but. I would the, be like, no, thank you. Guys, Thanks for playing. The guys like squirrel. So they, they cooked up squirrel and had it for dinner. James Garfield, one of our own. I drive by his little uh, place he was born every day. Squirrel soup. What is the deal, man? Ah, how did this country ever get to where it is? Squirrel soup. Ate a lot of squirrels, apparently. What? What do you guys think? Do you guys think the Browns need to kill this draft? Like, is this a really important draft? Thank you for getting it back on the tracks. William Taft, steak and potatoes. (laughs) That's my man. Well, that's what I was trying to ask about the quarterback stuff. Steak and potatoes. That's why I went there. No, I don't think they need to nail the draft. They don't have a first-round pick. Well, if you could, not, if if you could find two guys in the second and third rounds who are actually really good contributors, then you've done a nice job. And I think they won't be drafting two in the fifth and two in the sixth. They'll be trading up from something like that. The only reason that I bring it up is because if you look at teams with sustained runs being really good, you kind of need that draft in there that you absolutely just kill. You know, like the Rams had that draft where they brought in a whole bunch of different guys who really helped them out and helped to extend this window. The Kansas City Chiefs had one of those drafts about two years ago where they brought in all all sorts of guys. Uh, McDuffie was a part of that draft. They brought in a pass rusher, linebacker. I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but they had a draft that they absolutely killed because you brought in this whole wealth right. of cheap investment to help sustain that run. Well, but let me, let me throw this at you, okay? Has Andrew Berry killed a draft? No. Mm-mm. I don't think he has either. Has he made some good picks? Yes, I think he has. We only have I, two I, picks in the top 100 kids. I, 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 I'm not he, cool your Jets. You know what I'm saying? Well, I but Andy, teams that draft well in the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds are the teams that, boy, it's cheap. And if you can get cheap productivity, that's the way to do it. When's the last time the Browns had a killer draft where they didn't have a first-round pick? Oh, good I'll Lord. wait. There's putting a caveat on. I'll wait. I think they've made some nice picks over the years. Um, but I, I think Andrew Barry's track record is that he's that most of the guys he's drafted are not guys who you think, yep, nailed it. Um, just real quick, out of the first draft, okay? Jed Wills, Grant Delpit, Jordan Elliott, Jacob Phillips, Harrison Bryant, Nick Harris, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Those are names that we're familiar with because they've stuck with those guys. But how many of them 
can you absolutely say, yep, like that one a lot? Dump it? Yeah. That, that might be it. I'll give you dump it. Yeah, I think that might be it. Because everybody else, you're just like, nah. And half of those guys could be gone. EPJ already is. Um, I, I feel confident in saying the Browns have never nailed the draft where they didn't have a first-round pick. In fact, I'm looking oh, but, back at but some how of many teams do? Wow. And what's nailing a draft if you don't have a first-round pick? Rams did a couple years ago. Four. I, what do you, how, what's a successful draft? How many picks have to stick? Three to four. Three, Three to four. four. I agree with that. Three or four good ones. I say that, too. They got Martin Emerson in the third round in 2022. You don't uh, think that was a good pick? I think that was a great pick. 86 could have been Followed decent. That up Webster with Alex Slaughter Wright. was a great pick in 86, but then you got Nick Miller, Jim I, Meyer. And you mean Mike when, when Andrew Barry was in the womb? Let's let's worry about when since Andrew's been uh, here. Well, you just you know I'm just you know giving you information based on what you said. That '85 draft was not very. Reggie Langhorn was good. I didn't say it. You said without a first round pick. Well, I'm just saying they just. I, I mean, I, I'm just looking at what Andrew Barry's done. Okay, I'm looking too. All right, um, Emerson and Wright. Two years. What's ago? his best draft then? It might be that one. Might be the 2022 at least for now. Emerson Wright. Perry and Winfrey, David Bell, and Cade York didn't play out. Jerome Ford seems to be working Michael out. Michael Woods pretty is well. still here. Yeah. yeah, but we're not sold on those other guys. And Dawson Deaton still around. I think you could actually say that Dewan Jones in the fourth round last year makes that a successful draft in and of itself if he continues to grow from where he is. But you took Tillman and Siaki Ika. How about Whipler? I mean, he's your sixth round pick, and he's got a chance. Got a chance for what? To play next year, he'll play. Where? He could play. Why you gotta be so negative? Man? I'm not negative. You just are. tell me where you've got. I mean, a, you've got kinda, a Pro Bowl center. You got two Pro Bowl as guards. As a backup, Where's that he might play? see some time. I think they liked his development behind, and I think he's just fine as a backup lineman, and perhaps one day becomes a starter. Yeah, that's what but, I'm saying. But too. next year is not the year he's, I'm expecting him to be a major contributor. I don't know. I watched the way this team got injured last year. You better be ready. I know, but you just said he's ready to step in. Well, no, I'm saying he's ready to be a contributor as a backup. If they need him, sure. I, Which I, makes that draft a little bit more successful. That's okay. what I'm saying. All right. I mean, look at the at the bottom end guys on these drafts. If and they truly nail it with DTR, you got something else to talk about there. Doesn't feel real good right now. You know Kate what? York, he I, blew that one. I don't. I can't say the DTR doesn't. What did, what did anybody expect from a fifth round rookie quarterback? Uh, did you watch the preseason? Did you answer the phones? I thought after he the was preseason? really good. Thought he played okay. Yeah, I did too. I, I wanted him to be healthy, and I thought he I was think actually he's a good. Compliment for your. He had a terrible first first shot at it when Deshaun bailed late when he got you know when he wasn't up to the snuff or whatever it was, and DTR stepped in against Baltimore and it didn't go well. I you know I don't think you can judge a guy on that, and so I, I I'm giving that kid every opportunity to still make it. I I just. If you look at the draft history since Andrew Barry's been here, a couple of good ones toward the top, early picks, and I I would like to see more of the hitting on hitting on picks that work. Like in 2021, Greg Newsom, I like Greg. Yeah. JOK, yeah. really played out. And then Anthony Schwartz, James Hudson, who I think can play. He's He gives you depth. Tommy Togiai, Tony Fields, Richard LeCount, Demetric Felton. Your batting average isn't very good there. Well, did four work out on that? Did you get four? Did Hudson work? One. Newsom, yes. Cormoa, yes. Hudson and Fields are okay. Hudson, okay. 
So that's not a successful draft then, if you've got to get four? Well, you, you, if you get two front-line top players, I think that's pretty good. And I think you did there with Greg Newsom and JOK. And, and jury's still out on Hudson and Fields. But Felton, LeCount didn't work. Tommy Togiai didn't work here. Anthony Schwartz. I'm just looking at. I mean, there's some real glaring spots that haven't worked, and that's this team drafting wide receivers. Is it because they can't evaluate it, or is it because they're just waiting and taking what's left? I'm trying to look at the team's best draft, like even in the last 10 years. And then you have basing it on. Wow. Ooh. I'm I'm back to 20. You're cringing. Yeah, I'm not feeling real good. You know, I, Andy, I, 2011 I wasn't, I, I, I couldn't right now. I couldn't care less about what somebody other than Andrew Barry did in the draft. Yeah, I got that. I understand. Unless it's John Dorsey passing on Josh Allen, but I'll, I'll let that go. Yeah, no, you won't. You'll, Maybe you will never let that go. Maybe. Why don't you just hold up your right hand, put your hand on your heart and say, I will never let that go. Could you just imagine, say it. Could, say it. Could you imagine if he had taken Josh Allen? And you had Josh Allen, Denzel Ward, and Nick Chubb out of the same draft. Yes. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen would be on his fourth team. <laughs> they would have had no patience for him. He would have thrown a whole bunch of picks like he did in year one. Yep. It would have been a See, train that's, wreck. That's unfair. And the Browns would have had no patience with that's it and unfair. ditched him. That's Dan, unfair. you are a thousand percent correct. I disagree. The with fan that. base would have ran him on a town yep. on a rail, tar and feathered. Disagree yep. with that completely. Yep. They would have but had we'd have no a new patience. stadium. We'd disagree with stadium. I think you're completely wrong. I think you're completely right, if that makes you feel better. Thank you. You're welcome. I've always liked you better. He has been so negative. Mm-hmm. I just It's like we don't even know I, him. I, Without question. I try to present realistic go? facts, and you guys think they're negative. Well, Jeff, maybe it's time to look in the mirror. Honestly, they would have had on, no on patience. Facts There's reality? no way they would have waited. No patience no on way. Josh Allen. He's right. They, they waited a while on Baker. They, Did they? Because they went after Deshaun while he was still they successful They also had here. playoff success. I'm just saying. I mean, they went after Deshaun after he had success. You think this organization is going to ruin everybody who comes in? I I don't think that's a fair thing to say. I don't think so, but quarterback seems to be kind of a special position for this team. At that point in the organization, yes. Are you team Baskin-Menegan? 216-474-0092. Or are you team Phelps? Go to break. Josh, yeah, when Josh Allen entered the Go league. Go to break. How many picks 52. did he have? 52.8% completion oh, percentage. Oh, no way. Go 10 touchdowns, 12 See picks. you later. I'm trying to go to break, Pooba. I don't want to be late. Oh, look, and now he's going to call the teacher on us. Who wants to? Hit the commercials. Nobody wants to play after school with you. Hit them. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 